No portion of this program may be reproduced without the express written permission of WQAM. The biggest names, the best talent. You're listening to Sports Radio 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. 560 WQAM presents the Neil Rogers Show. Today, in Dade and Broward. In other counties, uh, call toll free 877 were you fudge packing? Randall Simmons is a real Geico customer, not a paid celebrity. So to help us tell his story, we hired an actual celebrity, Barack Obama's pastor, Jeremiah Wright. I was in my car headed out on a date when I had my accident. Accident! It was no accident! Not if you're a black man in this country! I called Geico, and right from the start, I couldn't believe how helpful they were. Oh, yes, they want you to believe, but I never believe the white man, oh, no! Geico got me a loaner car and actually called ahead to the restaurant and explained why I was late. Well, I'm still waiting on an explanation. An explanation of how come racism in this country still exists. An explanation of how a black man has never been president. Can I get an amen? Geico. Real service, real savings, real insane celebrities. All right. 1001 at 560. That's kind of cute. I like that. Mm-hmm. Good way to start the week here. We got uh, a lineup that you wouldn't believe. Well, we got uh, the Jerk Show is still on the air at two o'clock. Yeah, that is really unbelievable. Yeah. Then Mad Dog four to six fifty. Of course, we got that ten minute chop off at the end of the Mad Dog Show, so he only works two hours and fifty minutes on those twenty days here when he works. Because we got first pitch with Jesse Agro, the Marlins pregame report. You know, if the Marlins could play the Washington Nationals every day, they'd uh, have a great season. Am I right, Chris? Yes, you are. If they could play the Nats, the Nats suck. With or without that new stadium, with or without the Pope, the Nats blow. Anyway, first pitch, 657. We don't have the game, of course. We just have uh, commercials in there so we can capitalize on the fact that the Marlins game is at 7. Uh, Miami Dolphins all assess 7 to 9, an absolute tune-out, followed by the DA show 9 to midnight. Not easy following two hours of dead air every night, but he does a great job. Although I see John Linder's on tomorrow night. Oh, that's because D.A. is on for Mad Dog tomorrow. We're starting with that stuff again all over the place. Can you believe this schedule? I believe it. Woo! And then on Wednesday, you got the Jerk Show from Turnberry. What, they got some stupid golf tournament going on there again? Or something. Is that what it is, Chris? I have golf? no idea. What do you mean no you have idea. no idea? I didn't get a memo, so I don't know. Well, what, what is Turnberry? Is it golf? Is it yeah, tennis? Yeah, that's golf place, but yeah. Is it, uh, huh? It is Nose a golf picking? resort or whatever you want to call it, but I don't know if there's a specific tournament going on. Well, why else would he be there? Come on, you better get with it. Because him. he wants free golf? Wait till you hear what CNN reporter with big, big donkey teeth and obnoxious-sounding voice got into real trouble. Who do you think that could be, George? Big donkey teeth, male or female? Male. British. Oh, Richard Quest. Richard Quest. Has some problems, yes. Richard yes. Quest. What are these kind of Brian Murray, the spokesman who got swept in a series? A CNN reporter was arrested Friday in Central Park with a small amount of methamphetamine in his pocket, but he had a jail time by agreeing to undergo drug counseling and therapy. Richard Quest, the most obnoxious subhuman being who's ever been on television in history, 
46, was arrested around 3.40 a.m. on account of possession of a controlled sub- substance, a misdemeanor that usually refers to a person, personal use amount of a drug. He was also charged with loitering. The park officially closes at 1 a.m. This was 3.40 in the a.m. When police saw a detained quest, he told them, I've got some meth in my pocket, according to the complaint filed in court. The complaint said he had a plastic sandwich bag containing meth in a jacket pocket. Quest, who is British, no kidding, is a correspondent <laughs> for CNN International, known for his reports on business travel, and his big donkey teeth and his obnoxious sound. He hosts CNN Business Traveler and Quest. At his arraignment in Manhattan's criminal court, Judge Anthony Ferrara told Quest that if he attends the counseling and therapy designated by prosecutors for the next six months, his case will be dismissed. The judge allowed Quest to leave court without posting bail. He warned that if Quest failed to comply with the counseling schedule, he could be back in court on his way to jail. Quest lawyer Alan Abramson said his client didn't realize the park had a curfew. He was returning to his hotel with friends. CNN had no immediate comment on the Quest story. It's in a, it is a LPGA tournament. Oh, LPGA ladies golf See, Oh, my God. Are you effing kidding me? Would we kid about a thing so ladies serious? Ladies golf. Anyway, let's uh, get busy, okay? Let's get to it. We can't be worrying about it. And, of course, the jerk show uh, anywhere. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Well, he's got to do something besides uh, that because that's all over with now for them. No more heat games for a long time, for months and months. No more log. What's he going to do today <laughs> without the log? The LPGA log. Here's the poll from Friday. Which one of the following are you positive would cause your parents to disown you? None of the above. When I told you, Chris, 485. I know, I'll learn to listen to you someday. Commit a serious crime, 102. Vote Republican, 92. Performing in porn, 71. Becoming a drug addict like Richard Quest, 67. Date outside your race, 58, like a goy. Oh, no, that's religion. Come out of the closet, 48. Convert from your religion, 34, like become a goy. Prostitute yourself. About 30, man. And vote Democratic, 23, out of 1010. 1010 wins New York. I wonder if Marty Glickman's still alive. Never heard of him. I don't know what... what? Never heard Famous of him. Famous sportscaster, Morty Glickman, well, racetrack announcer, that. and um, New Yorky kind of guy? Yeah. What? That explains why I never heard of him. Well, you never heard of a lot of people, okay? That's right. I'm a whippersnapper. Well, you better you better expand your horizons. If you're going to get your own talk show, you and Chicken Neck when I hang it up. Your own sports talk show. That's right. We'll talk LPGA. I've got a dilemma here because I'm... I wouldn't say I'm sick, but I have like the, the touch of a cold. Okay. And so I'm sneezing. You've heard that. And I've also got like mm-hmm. a little bit of a scratchy mm-hmm. throat. Not a sore throat, but a, a raw throat. So when I swallow, it's like a little, I don't know, not, it hurts a little bit. You drinking your hot tea? No, I'm not. I'm drinking my Diet Pepsi, caffeine-free. But uh, so it's a dilemma because I'm not sick enough to call in sick, but I'm just a little off my feed. You know what I mean? I do. And boy, did I eat yesterday. Oh, oh speaking no. of eating, you yeah. almost let me uh, slip on by without talking about my great Morton's uh, restaurant experience on Friday. Oh, night. Like you at Morton's. God, it was great. Good. Woo! I had that Chicago ribeye, the real thick one, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had it for appetizer. They don't have the onion soup, unfortunately, at this location. But I had the shrimp cocktail, the biggest, the most delicious seam I've ever had in my life. Excellent. And then I had the steak, See along with, oh, and they have great side dishes, too. They've got sliced mushrooms, not just sauteed mm. regular button mushrooms, but sliced uh, 
sautéed mushrooms and sautéed so onions. Oh my God, that was it. And then the desserts you have to order like when you're ordering your meal. Okay. Which, I don't know. To me, that's kind of bogus because suppose you eat the meal and you right. eat so much you decide you don't want it. But for hot desserts, they make a big production out of it. Well, it takes a half hour to make it. They uh, set fire to them. Are they flaming? Yeah, they, it, I would say the dessert was flaming. It's like a chocolate cake with chocolate uh, goof, goof inside. Mushy okay. hot hot chocolate uh, sauce and uh, some ice cream on the side. The lava cakes, the chocolate lava cakes, or whatever. No. Yes. That's not what it's called. That's what they're usually called, though, yeah. Well, I don't care what they're usually called, but Morton's calls it something else. But you are such an expert. Have you ever eaten at Morton's? Yes. You have? Eddie K. Uh, and sure. I went there when I went to uh, Atlantic City. Eddie K? Yes. You went with Eddie K? Yep, I was his on-site producer for uh, one of the wow. boxing matches. Did he take you to any strip clubs? Uh, No, we didn't have time. Did he take you to the track? There is no track in Atlanta. No. So what, what good was that? Well, he showed me how to play craps, except I still couldn't play. He showed it. you how to take craps? How to play craps. Oh, my God. I didn't need any instruction this morning. I had a, <laughs> as no. they say in baseball, I had a four-bagger. <laughs> so, anyway, Morton's is a great. I highly and enthusiastically recommend it. I don't want to compare it with Ruth Chris or anything else, because it's, it's in a, like kind of a different category. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what, if that makes sense. They're both great, but, boy, Morton sure didn't let me down. Didn't disappoint. And weren't you telling me it was okay or was adequate or something like that? It was a long time ago. I didn't have any oh, complaints was, at all. Oh, it was great. Of course, maybe the one there that you went to, maybe that sucks, you know, but the, no. that one was great. Remember, adequate for me is a compliment because I'm a hard the, ass. The um, Morton's in the Hyatt Hotel on Avenue Road in Toronto, right in the middle of downtown, right in New Yorkville. In Yenemsville. So anyway, it was very good. I know people have been waiting for my report. Breathlessly, they've been on the edge of their chair. How did Neil like Morton's? It was great. I loved it. Food was great. The company was great. We had a good time. Paco and his lover boy and uh, my little cleaning lady. You took the cleaning lady? Well, I mean, she's more than just a cleaning lady. Oh, okay. She's uh, one of our really good friends, a little okay. Mexican girl. Very good. She's a sweetheart. Very good. It was very good. She's actually a nice person. I know that's hard for you to believe that I associate Why? with anybody who's a nice person. And so is Paco's boyfriend is a nice person, too. Excellent. Isn't that great? That is great. I wouldn't say I'm a nice person or that Paco's a nice person because that would be an exaggeration, but nevertheless. And <laughs> Saturday morning, I won 1600 bucks at Wood by wow. 1800 Excuse me, 1800 and gave 600 back yesterday. That's not a bad weekend, huh? No, not at all. For Mr. Oh, he gets up Saturday early to go. Very fruitful. You're such a schmuck, Chris. Okay. God, look up the word schmuck in the dictionary. You'll see fat Chris right opposite it. The lump. Legendary hot chocolate cake? Yeah, that's it. Man, is that good. Oh. Just, of course, I had no business eating it, but nevertheless. Oh, and yesterday, you see 60 Minutes last night, the thing about the, um, and I can't get it because I'm not fat enough. What's that? No, I didn't that, say it. That surgery, you know, the gastro, what do they call that? Gastrointestinal bypass. Uh, bypass, uh, yeah. You didn't see that? No. And they showed all these different people who had, had it done, and every one of them had been diabetic before the surgery, and it, it cured their diabetes. They were really? no longer diabetic within a matter of days uh -huh. after they came home. And yeah. you're not fat enough? No. Well, maybe you should bulk up. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe I, should... <laughs> I think you have to be like 140 pounds at least or more. I don't know how much it is. Sure, just a, I got lots of ice cream. I got that. But... So maybe that's what I should do, spend the next couple of months just porking up so I can have that gastric bypass, and they go in there and twist my kishkis around. And then, of course, they said that the people don't gain the weight back because their stomach is so small, you can only eat like 
four ounces and your stomach is full. Well, you know, four ounces is like, uh, like what, a Big Mac or something? Four ounces isn't very much food. No. It's a lot of weed, but not very much food. Is that all you know is from weed? No, no. Is that all it's you not all I know. Is weed it's not all I know. weed and weed no, and weed not all and I know. rope and weed and dope. No, it's not all You, I you know. and Richard Quest are going to be in the same. You know something? That I'll would be meth. perfect punishment. You and Richard Quest yeah, are in the sure. same cell for six months. Uh -huh. I don't do meth. Sorry, Richard. Can't hook you up there. Richard Quest? As a meth head. <laughs> Maybe that explains a little bit, you know? It does. Yeah. Biggest names. The best talent. Why he's such an evil. Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. Rogers got Warning. The following may not be suitable for children. It's totally hot action as the Governor's Mansion becomes the Playboy Mansion in the new DVD, Governor's Gone Wild. Ladies, say hello to Elliot Spitzer. Client number nine is ready all the time. They can run a state, but not the state of matrimony. Their governor's gone wild. Here's one for the gals and the guys. It's New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy working both sides of the aisle. And New York Governor David Patterson shows us his best moves. No, wait, camera's over here. Uh, follow my voice. Over here. Hey, over. Hey, this way. Oh, 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 yeah. They've taken a dip in the polls for dipping their polls. Order your copy of Governor's Gone Wild today. Operators in the tabloid media are standing by. It's 1017 at 560 WQAM. Happy Pesach. Now, is Passover still going on? I forgot. I don't know. It's one of those multi-day holidays. I forgot. I haven't been involved in any of these uh, Jew things in so many years. Yeah. Although I did, did have matzo ball soup last week. Did you? I think it's I over. What? I think it's over. It's not on the uh, calendar anymore. Pesach, Pesach is over. It's only a couple of days. It's like it was Saturday, Sunday. Oh, my God. And Zach had a, they had a Seder in his house. Baruch which means bless the wine. Bless the wine. Don't spill Good. the wine. Uh-oh. 571 votes this morning. I woke up, and the first thing I did is I reached over to shut off the alarm clock, and I knocked over my uh, glass of soda. Uh-oh. Yeah, I spilled it. I didn't break the glass, though. That would have been bad. And I didn't... Uh, yeah, I know it's Eric Burden. I can hear it in the back. I didn't get any of my Blackberry, thank God. Because oh, God. when you get the... Huh? Uh-huh. That's the end of that. Is it? Generally speaking. I mean, some people have brought theirs back from just water damage. Mm -hmm. But it's rare. Really? Usually means the end of it. Oh, that would be unacceptable. Yeah, this sounds a little bit uh, Jewish, if you ask me. Sure. And, of course, he chops it off. Well, just, just being the relentless bastard that he is. Well, that's okay. <laughs> we know you can talk it up. That's, you yeah, talk, talk it up to the talk silence. Talk yes, okay. And I'm sure that there are people out there, oh, he's so disrespectful to the Holy Father. You know what? Oh, Take the Holy Father and stick him, okay? Yeah. Stick, stick him in the desert and don't give him a map if he's so holy. Oh, my God. I would God. pray for the like families. Old, like oh, that makes it better. Like an old lady, like an old bubby. Well, I think everything is wonderful if we just be nice to each other and know that whole... Oh, I got a story about that whole uh, priest scandal. It's just uh, incredible. First, Great. he was blaming it on the uh, liberals. You know, everything mm -hmm. is the liberals and mm -hmm. the gays and the That's right. Men, right. Not the church. These guys didn't do it. It's just a Well, the flawless, you know, they take their orders from God. What's your take on the Pope is our poll question today. I'm just glad he's gone. Because hopefully, once he's gone... He He's won't gone. be back anytime soon. And the people in the media just kissing and kissing. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. nauseating. Just disgusting. 
Especially on MSNBC, the broads they have on there, my God. Where do they find these bimbos? Is some strip club somewhere? I imagine. Well, they'd look better if they found them at a strip club. What's your take on the Pope? Nice outfit, 143. He never stole a freight train, 135. He's a Nazi bastard, 135. He's okay, 79. Okay, come see, come saw. I hate him like poison. <laughs> I hate him like poison, 48. And he's a great holy man, only 37. Well, that's because the real the people who love the Pope, they've turned this show off. They don't want nothing to do with an old prevert like me that has no respect for the Holy Father. Oh, he's nice. They interviewed some bitch in New York on the streets of New York, some fat bitch. Oh, he's like next to God. He's next to God. He was just some a guy in a dress one day, and then they blew the smoke at the Vatican, and all of a sudden he's like next to God, you know. I mean... Well, that's when God gives you the phone number. Is that it? He's got you the get promoted, line. that's I wonder right. if Commissioner Gordon gave him the God bat line. God slips you his number. Maybe, maybe he'd like to get into Robin's tights. Wouldn't surprise. No, I would have yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Not anymore. Oh, you wanted a pot story? Here you go. <laughs> a pot of thank about you. ten... What? I said thank you. A crowd... About 10,000 people collectively began counting down on the University of Colorado's Norland Quadrangle just before 20, just before 4:20 yesterday. I can't even read it right. Yet the massive puff of pot smoke that hovers over us—I'm going to have to open a window. It is so stuffy in here because go now it's it. hot. You know, I'll it's cover. Like 68, 70 every day. Let's what? Go. Yeah, go ahead and play that while Atomic I open it. I'm going to crack the window. Survives the speed. Roger. Do what to the window? Crack it. I just didn't come back. I'd uh, play this all the I way through and then patio, uh, but I hate start heights. talking about food. Anyway, yet the massive puff of pot smoke that hovers over CU's Boulder campus every April 20th, the date of an annual internationally recognized celebration of marijuana, began rising over the sea of heads earlier than normal this year. Oh, forget it, one student said, avoiding the countdown to 4.20 p.m. and lighting his pipe early. He closed <laughs> his eyes, taking a deep, long drag. Sweet! Sweet! Well, that was no student. That was Pharrell. Sweet! I wonder how much he's making. How much do you think he's pulling down? About 150 grand? That sounds about right. Although it's become an annual and renowned event at CU, this year's 420 celebration was different in some ways than in many previous years. The crowd was so large it migrated from the long traditional side of Ferrand Field to the larger North Quad, Norland Quad. Festivities ticked off earlier than normal with daytime concerts, and CU police handed out zero citations. At this point, none are anticipated, said CU Police Commander Brad Wisely. Officers in the past have gone to great lengths to catch people in the illegal act of smoking pot on 420. In 2006, CU police dispatched undercover photographers to snap pictures of smokers. Oh, Zion America. This is police work. Photos of 150 alleged offenders then were posted on the department's website, and witnesses were offered 50 bucks to positively identify the suspects, who then were ticketed. Another year, smokers on Ferrand were doused with sprinklers. <laughs> We can't do the same thing year after year, wisely said hours before Sunday smoking began, so I doubt we'll do anything like the pictures. There's no way our 12 to 15 officers are going to be able to deal with a crowd of 10,000 people. We can't do strong enforcement when we're outnumbered 700 or 800 to 1. Well, good. Cut the crap already. 
About 15 CU officers and about a half dozen deputies with the Boulder County Sheriff's Office had a present Sunday among the mass of pot smokers. Well, the Pope was conducting a mass, and they were having their own mass. And the Pope smokes dope, so maybe he wished he right. were in Colorado. Who bounced giant balls and tossed frisbees to the hills. CU police did handle four medical... I would be surprised if the Pope has handled giant balls. <laughs> I don't know about frisbees. <laughs> CU police did handle four medical-related calls for health issues... Including dehydration. Two people. I wonder if he has the Swiss guard. Oh yeah. Brought, brought by limo to the uh, whatever they call the rectory, wherever he hangs well, they can, out. They can help with those uh, giant balls. Two people were taken to Boulder Community Hospital. Closer to downtown, a more adult 420 gathering also took place at Boulder Central Park for non-students looking to avoid the CU foot traffic. But that event had a much smaller turnout. Was mostly uneventful. The crowd size at last year's CU gathering was rumored to have topped 5,000, wisely said, meaning this year's gathering drew about double. I guess it's not like they had to cut a 4 p.m. class to go do it, he said, speculating as to why so many more people showed up. People aren't all that busy at 4.20 in the afternoon on Sunday. I know I sure wasn't. From the steps of Norland Library, some of the thousands present said the turnout appeared comparable to that of a peace march or protest. You guys need to go handle those, uh, what does it say? Stairs. You need Oh, you need to go stand on those stairs, one girl shouted to her friends who were seated in a circle on the quadrangle grass. You don't even understand. But what does that mean? I don't know. I didn't understand what you just read. Read it again. From the steps of Norland Library, some of the thousands said the turnout appeared comparable to that of a peace march or protest. You guys need to go stand on those stairs, one girl shouted to her friends who were seated. I don't get it. Mm-mm. She says, you don't even understand. She don't understand, silly-ass bitch. Smoke-out participants, thousands of whom wore greener T-shirts, promoting pot, climbed trees, played the bongos. Oh, played the bongos. Snapped pictures and had miniature picnics. That, of course, after they sparked the weed, they'd come to smoke. CU freshman Emily Benson, 19, in Kansas City, said she thinks the decriminalization of marijuana will become a hot topic in the upcoming political season. No chance, Emily. And she said she felt part of something bigger than just a smoke-out on Sunday. We're at the starting point of a movement, she said. This is a big part of the reason I applied here, for the weed atmosphere. Wow. Although CU Jr. Max Lichtenstein, 21, isn't into marijuana or smoking, he also felt Sunday's event was a chance to do something bigger than himself. He passed out 126 Rice Krispie treats with messages asking that they act out against the injustices in Darfur. Well, why didn't he hand them out to the poor starving bastards in Darfur for for crying out loud? Tomorrow, when you're sober, call the White House at this number, the note read. I just like being generous and doing nice things, he said, I'm a, like a good Samaritan. boy, Max. Go home and eat some matzah. CU senior Tyler Mulvig, 24, said rather than condemning the smokeout, CU and the city should embrace it as a money-making opportunity. I mean, it's going to happen regardless, he said. Entrepreneur Barrett Betts, 20, conceived of the potential financial benefit 420 holds earlier this year, sold peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Hostess snack cakes and bottled water for a buck. Peanut butter and jelly, he screamed to passers-by, who were parched, eager to satisfy their munchies. I'm doing very well, he said. One woman was hopeful. Betts' treats were charged with some special ingredients. Are these magical? She asked, only to be disappointed. Why aren't you selling magical ones? I mean, it's cool, but come on. Come on. That's right. Yeah. How about some Rice Krispie treats laced with uh, something? <coughs> Crystal meth. Persuasion. <laughs> Richard Quest. What a jackass. I'm telling you. 20, 27 past 10 at QM. It's time to hear about another one of our great Neil Deal offers. This week is the fantastic Giovanni's Cool Fire Pizza. Recent winner of the Taste of Parkland. It's how pizzas are, uh, pizzas are supposed to taste. The huge Cool Fire ovens are the secret, and Giovanni's turns out a beautiful pie each and every time. 
with your choice of delicious toppings like sausage, mushrooms, peppers, spinach, provolone, argula, arugula, what I say? Arugula, chopped clams, Giovanni bakes a pie that comes out so fresh and delicious every time, and the ready pasta with salads and famous grilled chicken wings will keep you coming back again and again. And Giovanni serves the largest bowl of pasta imaginable. If you like wine, Giovanni's has the most incredible selections, from the inexpensive to the highest quality wines found anywhere. The chicken parm or meatball open-faced sandwiches can feed an army they're so big. And you can dine inside or out in a beautiful fountain-filled plaza. Giovanni's is classy, it's fun, and it's open every day, seven days a week for lunch, dinner, and late-night excitement. Log on Thursday at noon at WQM.com. You'll be able to buy a $50 certificate for just 25 bucks. I think that's wrong. Is it 50 for 25 or is it check on uh, the website? We'll check. Check. It's Giovanni's Cool Fire Pizza in Parkland. Manja, my friends. Manja Tutukosi at Giovanni's. Now, what does it say on there? It takes a while to get there. 50 for well, $25. $150 certificates for $25 for Giovanni's. Like Giovanni. I said, that, that's what I said. <laughs> Well, I was shopping at the store for some food. Buying groceries never felt so good. Too bad I didn't know my credit was waxed. Store security was breached and their database got hacked. that spells me. My credit is crap.com, baby. I'm as screwed as I can be. Thought about killing myself, maybe. Now instead of eating good and getting fat. My identity was stolen and now my life is just crap. C-R-A-P, that spells me. My credit is crap.com, baby. Okay, I love that. I could just play. I think I might just play that the whole show today. Yep. What do you think? Get a 90 share, easy. That and uh, Dead is All Around, just playing back to back. What? The Boca Brian song, Dead is All Around. Yeah, what about I think it? that's what it's called. No, in the same vein. It's also good. It gets stuck in my head. Not like that, though. Mm-hmm. It's good, though. It's I sing it all weekend long. Were you really? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess your weekend was kind of like mine then. What, debt ridden? 10.33. Oh, that's me. Oh, my God. I got. It's a good thing I'm having a pretty good streak at Woodbine. I need to go back there right now. And the uh, Ducks, the uh, Ducks. Uh, oh, that's why I won all the money on Saturday. Another duck game. Ducks in a row. Ducks or chickens? Dime. No, not chickens this time. A duck game. Ducks right. in a row. Dime machine mod. Sounds ducky. Dime machine. And you're playing like, uh, let's see, 15... I don't know. I was playing. No, thirty times five is what? Buck, buck and a half. A duck and a, a half. Buck and a half. Yeah. Hit. And uh, I didn't get anything on a regular game, but then I got the bonus round finally when I was near to the end of whatever money I put in there, and I got fourteen thousand points at a dime. That's fourteen hundred and two bucks. And the bell went off. Oh, cash, uh, you know, hand pay, but a beep, but a boop, and they had to come and hand pay. Ducks and chickens, man. That's where it's at. And then yesterday it was like uh, the same machines, dead ducks. Not good. Huh. You can only go to the well so many times. And those dollar wheel of fortune, they should only croak whoever invented those. They should dig up Merv Griffin and just let everybody come and kick the body. Hey, Merv. You fairy. Who are you kidding, man? Oil prices, thank you again, Mr. President. No day would be complete without thanking El Presidente for those low gas prices. It's getting close to five bucks a gallon here. All the more reason for me not to really have a car here that's mine, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I do drive that Pontiac to Woodbine on a weekend, but other than that, I don't want nothing to do with it. Oil prices spiked to a record $117.40 a barrel after a Japanese oil tanker was hit by a rocket near Yemen. A Japanese oil tanker was hit by a rocket near Yemen. Right. And militants in Nigeria claimed two attacks on pipelines. You think they say Banzai? Maybe that's what that song was all about. Banzai Pipeline, remember that? Was that mm -hmm. by the Shantays? I'll find out. Banzai Pipeline? I don't think you got that. It's an instrumental. 
Am I right? The Shantae's boy. If, I, if, if my brain is at this age is still that good, is that right? You got yes, it. Yes, and it's just called Pipeline. Now all you have to do is get the year. Oh, 1961. Close. Three. Well, that's close enough. It's a good song, by the way. It is, Alex. This is in a million movies. They're always playing this. You always hear this everywhere. Commercials, movies, TV shows. The 150,000-ton uh, tanker Takayama was attacked about 270 miles off the east coast of Yemen in the Gulf of Aden. While it was heading for Saudi Arabia, its Japanese operator, Nippon Yusin KK, said in a statement, I wonder what the KK stands for. None of the ship's 23 crew members was injured. Hundreds of gallons of fuel leaked before a one-inch hole in the tanker's stern was repaired, the company said. Kyoto News Agency reported that the Japanese tanker was fired on by a rocket launcher from a small boat. Light, sweet crude from aid uh, reached $117.40 a barrel, but fell back to 116.88 by midday in Europe, up 19 cents from Friday's closing price. Wow. There's clearly some geopolitical tension in the market, said Mark Purvan, senior. I wonder, I wonder how long it's going to be before people are going to start. Remember I mentioned this on Friday? Shooting each other over the uh-huh. camp for to fill up their tank. Now, let me take a look on the uh, BNN, the business uh, Nazi network on here. It's a Canadian thing, whatever, 186. Come on, you can do it. There it is. Let me take a look and see the uh, very latest and the not-so-greatest, okay? Okay. Toronto Stock Exchange is up a few points. Who the hell cares? Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey do. The Dow is down 88. The Nasdaq's down 10 and a quarter. I bet you the S&P is down for our S&P guy. Oil, oh, look at that. It's down to $150.82 a barrel. What about, let's go buy some now before it goes back up again. Now, gas here is like for regular. Now, it's a buck twenty a liter. Okay? So, let's okay. do the math. Three, what is it? 3.68? I'll take your word for it. Do that on your uh, Crackberry, on your uh, thing, on your computer. On a calculator? 360.68 times 120. 441. How much? 441. 441 a gallon, baby. What a bargoon. And the people here are getting really porked off about it. Let me tell you that right now. Really pissed off, eh? I'm not too happy about it, eh? How's it going? Maybe it's because they smoke so much weed here. That must be it. You know, when you're really stoned, you're mellow, so you don't get quite as pissed off about things. That, that's maybe right. that's why they ought to legalize marriage of weenus, that's so that right. everybody would be a lot Been more mellow years. and would be much less hostile about the way they're raping the public. Uh-huh. The way they're sticking it to us, man. Four and a half bucks a gallon of gas, my ass. <laughs> so what I do is I spend 11 bucks for the car wash. You get a nickel off each liter that way. You get a nickel discount. Okay. And then you go through their really spiffy car wash, which I like, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I always hated those... Automated car washes, you know, I always thought they were crap. Yeah. But for that little Pontiac, it's just fine. Is it uh, one of those brushless car washes or uh, what? Uh, brushless? It's got those uh, straps. Those, okay, uh, yeah, no, I like those because the, the brushless ones don't get the bird dew off of it. They don't do the job. And probably the brushes scratch the finish of your car. With yeah, them. but still. Oh, in other words, I shouldn't be. Con- well, I'm that, really that's the idea. That's why the brushless ones people tout that it's, but they don't. Uh, they don't do the job. The straps are a different, um, a different take on the whole thing. It's supposed to be less uh, harsh than those brushes. Those really? rolling, those whirling, rolling brushes. Well, let me tell you this: there's still some nasty bird crap on a convertible top, and it just no matter how many times I run through there. Really? I guess I'm just going to do uh, the hand deal on that. Right. Just get up there with a little scraper. Oh. Too many pigeons here, man. Like usually, the I told you that one time a couple of years ago. The pigeon came waddling in. I had the it was a day like this. 
and I had my patio door wide open, which I'll never do again, and one of the 80 million pigeons that uh, craps on my balcony decided to kind of like waddle in. And I went out there, and I, I heard it waddling around out there in the living room, and I went out there, and I screamed at it and waddled right back out again, which I thought was pretty nifty. Mm-hmm. You know, I can communicate like Howard Beale. I'll communicate with birds. Remember that? Birds. Yeah. Did it leave plants. you any presents? What? Did it leave you any presents? Oh, thank God it did not. Can you imagine that on your carpet? Oh. Well, of course, why should I be uh, worried about that when I had Tiny all that time? Oh, my God. And the the residue that he would leave behind would always, like, s- stick to the carpet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like crazy glue. Maybe that's what I should have done. Crazy glued his ass. That would have been a good solution to the problem. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tiny, come here a minute. Here you go. 625 votes on our Pope poll. You think you're going to make 1,000 today? No chance, mister. I'm looking for about, uh, I don't know, 800. <laughs> I'm, uh, okay. It's a Monday, so, you know. Okay, that's right. It's Monday, and it's right on the heels of uh, Pesach, and people are still uh, probably crapping their brains out from all that matzah. Although, I think if you eat enough matzah, you don't, you can't. You're, like, constipated for months. So, uh, if I was you, and, you know, you're all plugged up from, uh, from matzah, I'd get a plunger is what I would do. That would do the trick. And plunge your lungs? Yeah, plunge your lungs like going to uh, the track. Now, what day are you going to be at the golf stream again, Friday? This year, Friday, the 25th. Wow, payday. Well, that's one thing about Friday. They're always packed at any any gambling place. You want to know why? Because people get paid most right of on. on Friday. Right on, excellent. And so they go there on Friday, and then by Monday, they're broke. That's why that's the song, you know, by fat, the fat man, Blue Monday. Is that right? Blue Monday, because yeah, by Monday, they're broke. I didn't know that. Really? You're not, you're not making that up, right? Yes. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not making it up about they take their check and, and lose it on no, Friday. No, I know what the no. song's about. No, who knows what the song's about. The, the song is about people hate to go back to work like today. Who the hell wants this? Yeah, Blue Monday, how I hate Blue it. Monday, how I hate Blue Monday. Like I hate the Pope like poison. I didn't vote for it. I voted for he's a Nazi bastard. What's your take on the Pope? Nice outfit, 152. He never stole a freight train, 149. He's a Nazi bastard, 145. He's okay, 93. Well, what is that? Blue Monday. By? New Order. Ah. Uh, I hate him like Poison 52, and he's a great holy man, only 37. Biggest name. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Name Sports Clear. Yeah. Absolutely. The Pops Pops Dog. The Pops Pops Dog. Guy David McGrath. The Pops Pops Dog. He likes his smoking mass. The Pops Pops Dog. He's a groovy head dress. The Pops Pops Dog. The Pops Pops Dog. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Got him high on the ceiling, high back.
something. Yeah, good. Who cares? 1048 at 560 WQM. Robert Weitzel's got a great article here about the Pope on the smirking chimp. Pope Benedict solves mystery of pedophile priests, sort of. For 24 hours, the arch-conservative Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger was the prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, formerly the Holy Office of the Inquisition. As the Vatican's doctrinal watchdog, he earned the monikers God's Rottweiler and Panzer Cardinal. It was his job to enforce doctrinal purity, both within the clerical rank and the rank and file, a task he performed with an apostol, uh, apostolic zeal bordering on mania. In 2002, when the scope of the pedophile priest scandal in the U.S. was becoming too obvious for even the Vatican to continue to ignore, Rottweiler Ratzinger claimed that the sex abuse allegations against Catholic clergy were part of a planned campaign that was intentional and manipulated to discredit the church. Whose campaign, he didn't say, but a short list probably included the pro-choice and gay rights lobbies. On April 19, 2005, in an arcane rite of transubstantiation known only the College of Cardinals, the rabid Rottweiler Ratzinger became, with a puff of white smoke, the kindly, thoughtful Pope Benedict XVI, the 265th Bishop of Rome and leader of a billion Catholics worldwide. During Benedict's million-dollar-a-day junket to the U.S., a trip that the Vatican admits is a PR opportunity to change a German Rottweiler into an American Golden Retriever, the mystery of pedophile priest was cleared up, sort of. According to Benedict, it is America's increasingly secular and materialistic culture that caused priests to fondle and rape children. Keep in mind that the materialistic remark is coming from a guy who's been seen sporting a pair of custom-cobbled red shoes, Gucci sunglasses, ceremonial gowns by Gamarelli, and listening to an iPod Nano while tens of many Catholics worldwide struggle to feed their families, much less put shoes on their feet or sunglasses on their faces. One can only suppose that the bishops who knew of the abuse and did nothing other than transfer the pedophiles to other parishes where they continue to molest children were suffering from the same demonic secular possession as the priests. According to a 2002 study conducted by John Jay College of Criminal Justice of the City University of New York, 4,392 Catholic priests and deacons in the U.S. have been accused of sexual abuse of children since 1950, leaving an estimated 13,000 victims and over $2 billion in lawsuits, money that could have been spent feeding and clothing and sunglassing, tens of millions of destitute... <laughs> <laughs> that is funny, he keeps throwing that in there. Yeah, destitute but tithing Catholics. 
A penitent Benedict said that he was deeply ashamed of the pedophile priest who scandalized the Catholic Church in the U.S. He said it is a great suffering for the Church in the U.S. and for the Church in general, and for me personally, that this could happen. He didn't dwell on the suffering of the 13,000 victims, one of whom described what happened to her as an abuse of her soul. The golden retriever wagged his tail as he asked 67 million U.S. Catholics to create an atmosphere of healing and reconciliation for the victims, while the Rottweiler tugged at his chain with a not-so-subtle admonition. Also, I ask you to love your priests and to affirm them in the excellent work they do. In other words, lay off. There aren't enough priests to go around as it is. A good number of the abuse victims were not healed by Benedict, uh, Benedict's anemic apology. Becky Iani, who was abused by her parish priest from ages 9 to 11, said he talks about feeling shame for the scandal, but it's a far cry from the shame that victims have had to live with our entire lives. We don't really need his sense of shame. We need for him to take firm actions to correct the situation. Ann Barrett Doyle, co-director of the website Bishop Accountability, which documents sex abuse, said that words are cheap, but action has a price, and she's skeptical that Benedict is willing to ante up. Doyle wants the church hierarchy that sheltered pedophile priests from the law and allowed them to continue to abuse the bodies and souls of Catholic children to be held accountable. Rather than shifting attention to pedophile priests, he needs to focus on the culpability of bishops. The crisis occurred because many U.S. bishops were willing to hide their priest crimes from the police with lies. So far, Benedict, who is the only church official with the authority to discipline bishops for their role in perpetuating the sexual abuse, has failed to do so. Only a sucker's bet says he will. While Benedict is in his retriever coat, there are a number of other people to whom he needs to apologize. To gays, whom he called emotionally immature and homosexuality objectively disordered. To the 50% of Catholics whose gender disqualifies them for the priesthood. To impoverished mothers who continue to have children they can ill afford because of the Rottweiler's dogmatic stance against family planning and birth control. To the tens of millions of tithing Catholics who live in squalid poverty while he lives in opulence on their nickels. While a kindly Pope Benedict XVI can get away with blaming priestly pedophilia on somebody else's secularism, all the other sorrow caused by his doctrinal intransigence rests squarely in Joseph Ratzinger's gilded lap. So who is the real Bishop of Rome, the Rottweiler or the Retriever? A few words of caution should inform one's rumination on that mystery. Zebras never change their stripes, and dogs only rarely change their dispositions. Good one. I, I think I, I take umbrage with that article because you know how much I love golden retrievers? Yeah, you don't like the comparison? And comparing the Pope to a golden retriever, I think, is an infamia. What should he have uh, used? Compare him to a rat, as in Ratzinger. Yeah, all right. Maybe that's why he's named that. But nevertheless, that's a good, uh, you know, fi finally found somebody with the balls to actually rip this uh, idiot in the ass that he so well deserves. Mm -hmm. Because most of the media, oh, kissy, kissy, sucky, sucky, licky, licky. Uh, the well, you'll, you'll, you'll never hear anybody say that on TV. All weekend long, that's all there was going on. And every time he farted, we had to find out what he had for breakfast, what the aroma was. Was it blueberry pancakes? Was it maybe a waffle? Oh, my God. I heard when he farts, you get uh, white smoke comes out of there. <laughs> yeah. Holy smoke! He's smoking. He's the smoking pope, baby. Oh. 646 votes on our pope poll. Now, you'd think with a poll like this, we ought to make a 1,000 easy. Wouldn't you, Chris? Yeah. I would hope so. But we won't. You won't. Oh well. I mean, how can how can anybody uh, not have a take on the Pope on uh, Poppy? Nice outfit, one fifty-six. He never stole a freight train, one fifty-three. He's a Nazi bastard, one fifty-two. Pretty good three-way race we got going on there. He's okay, ninety-four. I hate him like poison, fifty-three. And he's a great holy man, only thirty-eight. Less than 6%. But then again, you know, it's obvious. This this crowd, they've heard my ranting, and you too, of course, being the oh, hostile yeah. 
heathen that you are. Amen. Ranting and raving and ripping him an ass, which he so richly deserves, by the way. This whole thing with his getchkeys and all the robes and, oh, my God, just the outfits, just the uh, crap that they were wearing in all those masses. That alone could be feeding right. thousands of starving people. But, nevertheless, it's a matter of priorities. You know, they have to put mm-hmm. on a good show. That's right. That's what it's all about, man. Pomp and circumstance. Pomp and circumcise. Not in Italy, though. Right. Not too much circumcision in Italy. This is what I hear. And boy, I'm going to tell you, once in a while, the aroma could put you in, in Roma? a coma. The biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. This is the Neil Rogers Show. Rock solid. Your brain. Any questions? When We'd have 1,500 votes on that poll today. Easy. No no question about it. Mm-hmm. Do you hear the end? I never heard that before. Do you hear the last couple of notes? I never noticed that. What? Or was that you? Saying, mm-hmm. Was that you strumming the sitar or something? Or are you playing sitar? Not me. No, I'm just sitting, not playing the sitar. You're Schmitten? I ain't. 667 votes on the poll, Chris. I think you had a long way to go to get anywhere near. I think 900 would be a real good goal today. And that's bad. 
No, it's okay. What do you mean it's okay? It sucks. It's Monday. I'll tell you something else that sucks. Oh, tomorrow's the Pennsylvania primary. Yesterday morning, MSNBC and McClatchy issued a new poll. Every day there's another poll. Conducted by pollster John Zogby. Of 625 likely Democratic primary voters in Pennsylvania, uh, Clinton was the favorite choice over Obama, 48 to 43 percent, keeping in mind that she was 20 points ahead only, uh, what, three, four weeks ago? Mm-hmm. 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 You're not going to be watching tomorrow night on the edge of your seat? No, no. Talking about what is important for the American people. What's wrong with you, man? You are so un-American. You are such a... <laughs> says the Canadian. What? Huh? Canadian? Yeah, Canuck says what? Take a look at my passport, mister. It's as American as yours is. You have one? No. Oh, like I said. <laughs> Clinton's lead is just beyond the polls, 4% uh, margin of error. The network adds, so what will happen, Manana? Well, let's take a look at the undecided vote. Going inside the polls' demographics, one finds the highest undecided totals in more rural parts of the state. That's not good news for Obama. In the so-called T region of the state, in other words, almost everything between Philly and Pittsburgh, Clinton leads 51 to 37 with 11% undecided. This is one of the few demographic groups sporting double-digit undecided. Two other interesting cross-tabs with high undecideds also indicate the potential that undecided votes will break for swillery. Among Boers, 24% of the electorate, and gun owners, 38% of the electorate, Clinton leads big. She's up 54 to 33 among Boers and 53 to 28 among gun owners. My God, you think they were taking this poll in Buffalo? Bowlers. <laughs> there were 13% undecided among Boers and 17% undecided among gun owners. So while the poll shows Swillery with a narrow lead and arguably a narrowing lead, the clues inside the numbers indicate this is her race to lose and that her lead could expand. Should this race end up as close as the poll indicates, i.e. five points or less, this means that many of those undecided potential Clinton voters decided to stay home. If they come to the poll, she could see her lead climb over five points. And then, of course, the beat will go on. Oh, we won all the big states, Ohio and Texas and Pennsylvania, even though she lost a caucus in Texas. But nevertheless, she just won't go away. You know, she's like a bad dream. Mm-hmm. She's like the guy with the eyes. Ooh. And the guy with the fanny pack. And the roan. And the, hey, They just won't go away. And then the reverend. And then the boyfriend. That whole gang of misfits. Yo, I have no life. What? I said, yep. Maybe they'll come out Friday and see you at Gulfstream. Oh, gee, please. Now that Not. the racing has moved over to Calder, you know, who, whose account is that? Uh, Steve, Sloan. Steve Sloan. Yeah. Well, I don't want to knock Steve because he's, you know, at least he's helping us out on the show and doing some good things. But, but I will say this, and that is that the uh, racing that starts at Calder Day, racing at Gulfstream, horse racing, is the season's over. Hmm. As of yesterday. I've just got a BlackBerry here. Democrats plan a $178 billion blank check for oh, Pelosi. Pelosi plans a $178 billion blank check for Iraq. Measured in blood and treasure, the war in Iraq has achieved the status of a major war and a major debacle. That's not from the peace movement. It's from the national NBSP defense uh, something. Despite the overwhelming opposition of the American people, Speaker Pelosi plans to rush her vote through Congress for another $178 billion blank check for Iraq. How do you like that, bitch? Yeah. And you wonder why the public is mad as hell. Although, you know, they're busy with the Dancing with the Stars and American Idol and who got kicked off this week. And, uh... 
Most students attending four-year colleges and universities in Pennsylvania are enthusiastic about voting in a presidential campaign, according to a poll conducted by CBS News and UWIRE. And Barack Obama is the overwhelming favorite among those who intend to vote in the Democratic primary tomorrow. Among Pennsylvania students who will vote or have voted in the Democratic primary in any state, Obama leads Swillery 71 to 28 percent. And among those who intend to vote in the Pennsylvania primary, Obama leads by a nearly identical margin, 71 to 29 percent. Let's get all those college students out tomorrow to vote three or four times. Support for Obama is consistent across types and sizes of schools. Oh, look at this. Here's an ad for Ford chopping off the whole rest of this article. My God. One of those banner ads on the right-hand column? Yeah. Pennsylvania college students also... <laughs> McCain has the experience say, <laughs> think he would be an effective... <laughs> well, I mean, it's all blocked out. It's blocked off here, man. I could go back and print it out again, but I don't think I want to do that, do I? <laughs> Whatever. No. That's funnier this way. <laughs> 56% of registered Pennsylvania college students describe themselves... <laughs> Enthusiastic about voting for president in 2008, while 31 percent said they were so uh, somewhat enthusiastic. Well, it's blocked off by the stupid board uh, ad. When are they going to? When are they going to outlaw that crap? When are they going to stop these damn banner ads that take up half the damn article? Oh, not too soon. Not, not soon, soon enough. enough. Yeah, there you go. Only 23 percent agree, even some other things will be the same. Elected president. Crap. Can you believe that? Freaking banner ad for Ford takes up the whole right-hand column and destroys the whole rest of that story, which is a good story for Obama. Have these, these sneakies. Probably, I don't know what Probably a though. swillery plot. That's probably what it's all about. Probably Bubba's got his big, thick finger in the middle of it. Or his big, thick something. 680 votes on the poll. Well, that's pretty weak. You need 800 by noon to have any kind of a remote shot at a 1,000, and you're not going to do it. It's a Pope poll, for Christ's sakes. I mean, you know. When you think after Pete being flagellated all the last several days with the Pope, the Pope did this, and the Pope farted over there, and the Pope uh, whatever, wouldn't you think that people would like have some kind of an opinion? No, they were watching Dancing with the Stars. If I, I mean, I'm sure he's a good guy, and you know, I don't know him. Who, the Pope? No, Jason Taylor. But if I have to read one more story or see one more article with one more picture of him on this show and going to the White House and on that stupid Dancing with the Stars show, who the F cares already, okay? I don't know. Even Chris would agree with that. Yep. Enough already with the dancing and dining and... Did I mention that Morton's was really great? Yeah, you did. Well, a lot of times people build things up, you know, tremendously and then... You're, you're bound for a letdown. But it, it was great. Mm-hmm. It was every bit as good as the build-up was. And that's steak, man. What a piece of meat. Mm. And you know the good thing? What? The best thing, maybe, is that I didn't poop my pants on the way home. That's That would be the best thing. I would count well, that. They, they don't butter the steak. It's good. Yeah. They don't They don't broil it in butter. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe they do, but at least maybe not, not that much. You know, it always puts a kibosh on your whole uh, dinner, you know. <laughs> it always sours the event. Oh, sour is the word, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't take it. I can't handle it. I can't hold it in. I can't take too much butter. It shoots right out my ass. Yeah, there you go. Well, that, that, that's a distant memory, okay, I hope. Yeah. 
685 on the Pope poll. Let's get to 700 first. And then we'll zoom up to 800. And Chris will be in for a big surprise. Not. I mean, you know, you'd think that with this gigantic audience we used to have. Again, we used to have. Mm-hmm. I got another. Oh, this is good. And there's no. Let's see. Is there an ad? Oh, there's an ad, but it didn't cover up the damn words. It's an ad for um, some breakfast. Carnation breakfast something. Drink. You know what I really like? I give up. Is it is it Ovaltine? Yes. Just I'm not talking about putting it in like milk. I'm talking about just with a spoon. Eating I agree. Garlic. I agree. Oh. The, the texture is really yummy, crunchy. The texture is great. And then mm-hmm. like, it m- dissolves mm-hmm. on your tongue. Yeah. Ooh, man. Amen, brother. Nothing. I'm going to go out and give me about 20 bottles of Ovaltine. I'm sure it's all carbs. It's all sugar. Sure. That's why it's so good. That's right. And I think... Then after I eat the 20 of your bottles, then I can get my gastric bypass. If I'm not mistaken, they have Ovaltine malted flavor. So it's chocolate Ooh. with malt in it. Yeah. Woo! Mm. Man. 12 minutes after 11 at 560 WQAM, the Kentucky Derby, one of sports' most anticipated events, take place Saturday, May 3rd. That's a week from this Saturday, I believe, yes. And there's no better place to experience all the action than at Gulfstream Park, the nation's premier watch and wager facility. As an added bonus to local fans, Big Brown, the winner of Gulfstream's Florida Derby, will be running in the race. That's why you're going to be out there this Friday, George. Woo. In anticipation of the Derby, that's right. Don't miss the chance to root him on while sipping on a traditional mint julep. And while the big race is the big story, there's a full day of activities planned with something for everyone. All day they're giving away great prizes like laptop computers, GPS systems, digital cameras, and lots more. For the ultimate thrill seekers, they'll have on display the world's most exotic power boats, too. It's horsepower meets horsepower. Plus, only Gulfstream Park features Vegas-style slots, a no-limit poker room, and the latest video poker games, and fabulous dining at 10 Palms or Christine Lee's. Don't miss the Kentucky Derby, May 3rd at Gulfstream Park. Admission and self-parking are free. Call 954-454-7000 or go to gulfstreampark.com online. Gulfstream on Federal Highway in prestigious Hallandale. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. From the producers of Ice Road Truckers and X-Men comes an all-new series about one of the most intense occupations in the world. Cesspool Suckers. You never know what you're going to find <laughs> or smell. But you can't let it get you down. Just pick up and get in there like a man. Get in there like a cesspool sucker. Cesspool suckers. A lot of guys like to use a black hose, but I like the clear kind. <laughs> I like to see what I'm sucking. See what it's like to live life on the edge every day. You know, one wrong step and that's it. It's over. You're covered in it. <laughs> An American original series, Cesspool Suckers, only on the History Channel. Smell the fear. Cube. Eleven seventeen at 560 WQM. Happy Monday to you. Tomorrow's the big Pennsylvania primary, and I bet you everybody, especially on this station, they're all whipped up about it, just like they were on 9-11. Right. <laughs> we got to talk about sports. We can't talk about what are we going to say about buildings say? falling down. we got to talk about sports. You know, he has got to be one of the worst simpletons. I think that's a perfect match, him and uh, Denise Potvin. Gildy and Denise, a match made in purgatory. Simpleton. What are we going to talk about that? I mean, what are we going to say? Yeah, yeah, you can talk about sports. Very sad. You think they have a factory where they stamp these creatures out? Yes, I do. It's here. <laughs> it's here and now across the street. You know how so they got both sides of the street covered? Uh-huh. 698 on your pool. Man, it's creeping along, Chris. You're not going to make no thousand votes today. 
Oh, well. I break the sad news to use, but it ain't going to happen. Oh, well. Well, it's Monday. These people are busy working. They don't have time to diddle around with our damn poll. I wouldn't mind diddling around with a few polls. In fact, yeah, Saturday at Gulf's at, uh, uh, where am I? At Woodbine. There were several polls there that I would have loved to have diddled around with, even in my old advanced non-sexual age. Kind of like, uh, wow, who are those people and can, uh, can that be had? But nevertheless, I just sit there with my machine, you know, plunging along. What, what are you going to do? Are you going to reach out and grab somebody? You can't what are you going to do? Nice college boy. Reach yeah. out and grab someone? Didn't see any of that all weekend. Oh, wow, one weekend in a row then, huh? Thank God. Father. Barack Obama began the month of April with a 5-to-1 cash advantage over a debt-settled swillery, setting the stage for his lopsided spending in the crucial primary state of Pennsylvania. Financial reports filed yesterday. By the, and by the way, if you're planning on punching up any calls today. Forget about it. Yes. And you want to know why? I don't want to. Right. I'm just I'm not in the mood for it. No problem. On a Monday. And, of course, that router will show up one of these days, I hope. It'll give you something to look forward to every day, after day, after day. <laughs> for the next several weeks. Sure. Well, if it doesn't show up in a couple of days, I'm calling them and saying, what, what the hell is going on with you, you morons, you idiots, you... Uh, you fairy. Financial reports filed yesterday by the Democratic presidential candidates with the FEC show Clinton had a $10.3 million debt total at the start of the month, only about $9 million cash on hand for the primaries. Obama reported having $42 million for the primary. Clinton's rating poses yet another obstacle to her campaign. As she seeks to end the primary season with a string of victories, she trails Obama in delegates, states won, and popular votes. And she can't debt Obama's superior fundraising. No chance. All those old farts that, oh, we love Hillary. You ever see the crowds that come out for her? Yes. There's a few young people in there, probably on acid, you know, but right. all those old, old crusty old mm-hmm. people. We don't want to vote for no farts if for president. We like Hillary. Your husband was such a wonderful man. The March money positioned Obama to undertake an exp- expensive April campaign in Pennsylvania where he spent at least twice as much as Swillery and cut into that once big lead. Clinton, who had kept pace with Obama financially throughout last year, had even less cash on hand than Republican John McCain. McCain raised $15.2 million in March and had $11.6 million in the bank at the start of April. It was his best fundraising performance of the campaign, coming after he had essentially secured his party's presidential nomination after his 95th birthday. With the Democratic contest still in full boil, McCain has been on the sidelines, saving his money and completing payments on a loan. Nearly ha- Maybe you ought to pay off your uh, car, McCain, and your house. My car? Is your car paid off? Yeah. Who paid for it? You. Oh. How do you like that, Chris? Very nice. Is it still running okay? Half of that. It's still no. running. Well, what does that mean? It's still running. You're not, you're not going to start whining right now. Oh, Neil, I need not, a new car. No, I didn't say anything. You I asked the question. Why do you, why you set me up like that? You want me well, to lie about everything? You, you do set me up. No, I do not. I wasn't asking for anything. Boy, you are sure whiny. God. You're really whiny, Chris? Nah. Defensive and, and whiny. You do Just that relax, all the time. Okay? Relax. Right. Nearly half of Clinton's debt in March is money owed to the firm of her demoted former chief strategist, Mark Penn. I'd just blow him off is what I would do if I were her. I'd say, hey, Mark, get, get lost. Sue me. And he will. 
The report shows that the campaign owes $4.6 million to Penn, Shane, and Burland Associates. The campaign's already paid them $14 million, including $3 million in March for polling and direct mail. Money well spent. Not. Clinton took away Penn's role as chief advisor earlier this month after he met with Colombian officials to discuss his private work on behalf of a Colombian free trade agreement, a trade deal Clinton opposes. Embarrassing and unacceptable. Humiliating and degrading, and that's because they're all a bunch of whores, man. All a bunch of crooks and whores, including James Carville. Same thing. Obama's fundraising in March led all candidates, but was still lower than the mark he set in February when he raised more than $55 million. The Illinois senators raised $235 million in his campaign. Money alone hasn't guaranteed Obama victories. He spent $30.6 million in March to Clinton's $22 million. The month began with tough contests in Ohio and Texas. He lost the popular vote to Clinton in both state primaries, even the way out's better, but emerged with more delegates in Texas. His report showed he spent $9 million on media advertising in March. Clinton spent less than a third of that. Obama spent nearly $5 million on telemarketing and $3.6 million for travel and lodging. Clinton spent about $5 million on travel and about $2 million on phone banks. Clinton's spokesman, Jay Carson, said Clinton's online fundraising is on the rise and noted that March figures don't include the $2.5 million she raised last week at that Elton John concert in New York. Carson said the event's total sum included money from 6,000 new donors who don't know any better, I guess. It's like those people playing the dollar wheel of fortune and just keep pouring the money in there, just 20 after 20 50 after 50, 100 after 100, and nothing comes up but blanks and blanks. And occasionally a spin. Oh, it's, it looks like a 1,000, and it goes past the 1,000. It's 25 bucks. You know what I'm talking about? No. Slow learners, man. Slow learners. Get off the wheel, baby. Now, maybe they want to go stream this program, you know, to pay out some money. I don't know. You'll tell us. Why? You'll tell us. I'll tell you, on March 17, that's right. In fact, I think that's what I'm going to do there. Come watch me play the slots. We'll just set up all around you. Remember that come watch me eat? Yeah. That, that was Mr. Ego. Come watch me uh-huh. eat. Uh-huh. Come watch me eat a free mm, meal. Can I really? I am going to take them up on the Christine Lee thing, though, by the way. Of course. I've never in my life eaten a Christine Lee's. And, of course, until Friday, I'd never eaten at Morton's Steakhouse either. So it goes to show you, even at my advanced age, I've missed a lot of really good eating opportunities. That's how, Well, that's what I was... That's what I was thinking it would be on Saturday. I'm missing a lot of good eating opportunities. You got 712 votes there, Fatso. Nobody will think about that. Think about uh, 850. You're full of crap, man. If you can't get off of this number, if you can't get to 900, we're out of business, okay? You, you see, you don't understand the, the progression of the way this works. As long as you've been doing this, if you got 712 now, it's not even 1130 yet. How are you not going to get 900 votes? Well, I mean, people could just like you know. I mean, granted, we have, you know even a tenth of listening audience we used to have before they pulled the uh, you know cut my balls off. But that's beside the point. They they don't care about that. They just they just want you to produce. They don't care the fact that they got your hands tied behind your back and they won't let you say crap. They won't do that. How's your lunch meeting coming with Joe? By the way, what? I thought you guys were going to bond. I heard him. I heard him right there in the studio on Thursday or Friday morning. Came in there, was ho-hoing with me, and ho like uh, with you, the same crap. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a lot to laugh about. Oh, I'm sure after they sign my deal, they do. That Norma can't. Ho-ho-ho, what a, what a, uh, yeah, what a negotiator. See, I try to explain that to you, and you, you, you seem to be in denial. There was no negotiation. There was I, no give and take. I, I there was no yin and yang. There was no back and forth. There was no to and fro. There was no mm-hmm. in. Well, there was some in and out. Mm-hmm. I'm not in denial. And Norma was on the receiving end, by the way, that in and out. Wouldn't oh, be the first time I was just going to say, boy, took the words right out of my mouth. 
714. 714 on the Pope poll. What's your take on the Pope? On the Holy Father. Come on. Everybody's got to have an opinion on this. Am I right? You betcha. Or how really? about I just, I don't care. Do we have that on there? No. No. Do you want to put that on there? If you would like, sure. Don't care about it. Well, what do you mean? I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to get your total up there. I think we should put it on there. Don't care about him. Don't give a crap. Don't give a flying Don't give a rat singer's ass. Yeah, don't give a rat's ass about him. What's your take on the Pope? Nice outfit, 172. He's a Nazi bastard, 170. Never stole a freight train, 169. And he's okay, 103. I hate him like poison, 56. And he's a great holy man. He's next to God, 44. <laughs> That's a really uh, profound question, isn't it? Like, uh, is the sun shining somewhere? I and mean, that's the kind of question that is. Should he's he have gone to a rack in the first place? He's waving his arm like, like, like he's doing the uh, tomahawk chop. You well, know? if he weighs him hard enough, maybe he'll fly on. Oh, my God. Hey, Paul. 
Yeah, he's alienating all of the swing voters that probably would have voted for him. The religious right may not love John Who the hell Hillary, might not have been their guy. I don't believe they're going to vote for Hillary for Obama. Over. No, but they'll stay home. Why are you doing this to me? He must have green apple quickstep because he's going to—he's definitely going to fall off that chair any second. This is this is another crazy person. That—that's your specialty at CNN. You put crazy people on the air, like that Tony Harris and like Richard Queth. I think they're all on drugs. Well, for more on what many first-time voters are saying and to become a member yourself, it's like it's like she's talking to a bunch of five-year-olds in a sandbox. You know that that's how they talk to us. And you want to know why? Because that's the mentality that they're appealing to. Mm -hmm. CNN certainly not news. Okay, Hubman Dreard. Seven thirty-two on your pool. You're not going to make no eight hundred by noon. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know what the hell you're thinking about. Uh oh. You must be in a dream world, a scream world. Mm -hmm. George never told me you were a screamer. No. Seven thirty. Seven thirty-three. Oh, what an image! Oh, he's got a girlfriend for crying out loud. I know. <laughs> He'd be the sloppiest gay guy you've ever seen in your life. Well, what does that mean? Am yeah. I? Uh, is he sloppier than me? Uh, yeah, he might just be. Now that you oh, mention it, brother. Oh my God. That. I know that's saying a lot. Yeah. Like Paco says, I look like homeless. <laughs> he ought to know. Yeah, he tells me that all the time. Now, Friday, you'd have been very proud of me. I had on a sport jacket, a really nice shirt. Uh, elbow patches on that thing? dress pants. I had on those shoes that you have to tie in over the laces and socks. Get out. And socks. Some real socks, right? Not those nylon hose like the mafia guys wear? No. Real socks. <laughs> okay, good. Not jock socks. <laughs> you'd have been very proud and very impressed. Nice. Mostly, though, with the food. God, that was good. And that dessert, mmm. The, the only complaint I have is that it took, first of all, they they make you order those hot desserts before mm -hmm. they start working on your order. I, I agree. It's like, you. look, I don't know no, how. Listen, uh, can I yeah. finish? All right, if you must. And so we finished with our entrees, and then it was like another half hour easy. And we kept giving the waitress the eagle eye, you know. Like, uh, what's going on? Oh, well, uh, it takes uh, that souffle. Uh, they got a souffle. That was not good. Some souffle? kind of a Grand Marnier souffle. It was uh, tasteless. Hmm. It was just like mung in a uh, souffle. Do they have mung um, souffle? What? Rhymes with souffle, creme brulee. <laughs> no, it was not. Oh, I love creme brulee. No, but I was just asking if they had it on there. I don't know. I don't think so. But I'll go back yeah, tonight and find out. I'll definitely go back there soon. I guarantee you that. It was that good. All right. The FTC recently fined an adult website more than 410 grand for sending obscene emails to unsuspecting recipients. You know something? I wouldn't mind those nearly as much. The ones that I mind are all these uh, these weenie enlargement. Uh, I must get about 400 a day, and of course sure. they're dealing with the right guy, but I don't care. You know? Right. Don't bother me with that crap. And then, and also the uh, discounts on drugs, most of which is uh, also weenie related with the you know uh, sure uh, Viagra see and Alice that. and all that. Yeah. I don't want it. You don't want to see Alice. And I keep blocking them and marking them as spam, and yet the, every day there are like ten new ones mm -hmm. come up. That's right. They pop up. Cyberheat is the sixth company that settled with the FTC over complaints about porn spam. Electronic spam are unsolicited email messages. You know, i got that window cracked here, and it's not, nothing has happened. It must be no breeze huh. between my knees. You've only got one window in that room? Yeah. Mm. And only opens a certain, uh, certain amount. I see. 
But you during know. the break, man, I'm going to go and I'm going to just, I'm going to smash, I'm going to get a ball right. peen hammer and smash all the glass in the window. So you need to get one of them window fans. Oh, that would be a blessing. Well, that's because the AC is not on the building yet. I don't think they turn it on until like May or something. Oh, Really? Just, yeah. It's either one or the other. It's either the heat or the AC. Once they I switch see. over, that's it. There's no going back. Once it's gone... So they take their damn sweet time because they don't want all of a sudden one of these spring days it turns out to be like the lowest minus eight or something like that, and people are freezing to death. Oh, you people turned off the heat yeah, like that. Yeah. Electronic spam, well, you know what they are. The settlement mm-hmm. bars cyber heat from sending spam and unsolicited emails, a practice the FTC said could expose children to pornographic images. Oh, my God. Pat Truman, special counsel with the Allowance Defense Fund, said he believed the ruling sends a strong message. i got to blow my nose. I'm dripping, you know. Oh. All right. Well, I got, I got like about a half of a cold, you know. Well, don't oh. pick up the other half. I don't want the other half. And I think it's because I stopped taking some of my vitamins after that stupid story I read in the year last week. You really did stop? Yeah. Now, this morning I got back on them again. I Good. stopped taking my selenium, my A and D, which is all combined in one, and my E. 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 And all of a sudden, for the first time in years, I got a semblance of a cold. I better get the, that stuff back into me. So this is real progress with respect to pornography, Truman said, because the FTC has paid a special attention to these companies that spam pornography, and they've also gone after other spammers. This is a really good development. Truman added that another positive development is that the amount of pornographic spam email has dropped over the past few years due to the crackdown. So far, the six companies that have settled complaints from the FTC have agreed to pay more than $1.5 million in civil penalties. $1.5 million. A pittance compared to the Pope and the Vatican, where they're $2 billion plus, probably a lot more than that. I wonder if he talked about that, the fact that all these churches are shutting down now because they can't afford to keep the doors open and because there's nobody coming back. And a lot of people are Good. staying away. And young people Good. don't want any part of that whole uh, pedophile priest ring, you know. There's hope for the future. And they're running out of altar boys, too. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Wonderful WQAM. Whoopee. Randall Simmons is a real Geico customer, not a paid celebrity. So to help us tell his story, we hired an actual celebrity. Barack Obama's pastor, Jeremiah Wright. I was in my car headed out on a date when I had my accident. Accident! It was no accident! Not if you're a black man in this country! I called Geico, and right from the start, I couldn't believe how helpful they were. Oh, yes! They want you to believe, but I never believe the white man! Oh, no! Geico got me a loaner car and actually called ahead to the restaurant and explained why I was late. Well, I'm still waiting on an explanation. An explanation of how come racism in this country still exists. An explanation of how a black man has never been president. Can I get an amen? Geico. Real service, real savings, real insane celebrities. Hey, man, 1145 at 560 WQM. It's the Jerks pregame show, man. Jerks will be here with, yeah. without the log, I guess. No more heat games for a long time. What's he going to do without the log? Isn't that like a staple of the show? That would be like us without the pole. Yeah. Wouldn't it? He could have different kinds of logs. Yeah, Lincoln logs. Right. I think he's going to have a bunch from this morning LPGA that I could send log. down. Really? In a box. In fact, I think next time I'm down there, I'm going to go across, you know, my religious nut neighbor across the street. Mm-hmm. I'm going to squat at about 3 in the morning when everybody's asleep. I'm going to go over there and squat right on her doorstep. Well, you could do that old uh, flaming I'm going to, I'm going bag to of poop. poop. Listen, yeah? I'm going to poop on her stoop. 
And that's just a little, a big scoop. <laughs> I, I am. I'm just sick and tired of that crap. Leave no people alone, no. okay? We're not interested in my house and all your bubba mices, okay? Leave people alone. You want to be a good neighbor and take people to the doctor and pick them up and the dentist? No, no, That's no. great. Much appreciated. That's fine. But other than that, stop with the proselytizing, no, okay? Bitch. U.S. and Bahamian rescue workers found the bodies of 20 people floating in open waters yesterday near the uh, Bahamas, man. U.S. Coast Guard officials said today. Authorities received an alert about 5 o'clock this morning to people stranded and screaming in the water 15 miles northwest of Nassau, Bahamas. Helicopters, jets. I wonder if uh, one of those helicopters was, uh, being, was being piloted by Prince uh, William. You see that story? Yeah. Who cares? Right, Hubba exactly. Bubba, man, like you say. Hubba Bubba. A lot of them. Oh, it's the royal family, though. He can do it. Yeah, screw them. The Battenbergs. Bunch of prissy idiots. Helicopters, jets, and patrol boats were deployed in a search of about 20 people located by 3.45 yesterday afternoon. Rescue workers discovered three survivors and are searching for others. All of the dead were Haitian, authorities said. Two of these survivors are Haitian and the other is Honduran. Rescuers didn't find the vessel that the people were on before becoming stranded. Authorities are trying to find out what type of vessel it was from survivors. Bahamian officials will question these survivors, said Luis Diaz, a spokesman for the Coast Guard. If a criminal investigation needs to be initiated, authorities in the Bahamas would handle it, Diaz said. The people were heading from Haiti, he said. Well, no kidding. Very profound. Go back, okay? I know you're having problems there with those mud pies. They're not too tasty. Try a little Tabasco on there, man. It works like a charm. It's a good idea. Speaking of that, by the way, oh, if you, I don't know. You don't know that many Mexican people? I know some, a but couple. they have to put Tabasco or some kind of hot sauce, preferably Tabasco, on every damn thing they eat. Mm. It's just on, I was going to say on everything they put in their mouth. I'm not sure about that, but. Wouldn't wow. be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. What What is that all about? Or those hot chilies? Yeah. They like them. Oh, my God. When the boyfriend went to Mexico, he brought back a whole bunch of crap. Most of it sweets. Most of it stuff that I can't eat, thank God. And he also brought back a bunch of those real, a little bag of those real hot chilies, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh. And I got, I got suckered into trying one of those. Just a oh, little. Oh, good God. Little, huh? Like no, it starts out tasteless. Like, oh, well, this isn't so uh -huh. bad. And then That's all of right. a sudden... After about 10, 15 seconds, it like... Oh, my God. Oh, it burns up in your mouth, so to speak. Oh, it burns all right. And I'm thinking to myself, what kind of crazy people will be eating crap like that? And of course, I'm thinking, oh, Mexicans. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Now, why is that? Cubans aren't that much into hot, spicy food, are they? No. And what about uh, other Latinos? I guess they're all individuals. See, the thing about the, uh, the, the chili, the hot spices in, uh, wow. in Mexico is that's what the Indians would use as a preservative. Are you starting with that Indian stuff again? Well, you know, when someone's brown... Are you call my Mexican friends Indians again? Well, are they brown? Mm-hmm. Then they're Indians. And they oh. use those as a preservatives to, you know, to keep food from rotting. Indian killer! Different cultures have different methods. I wouldn't say they're all that brown. They're like brownish, light brown, very light. Nevertheless, the brown comes from somewhere. Kind of like that moron Tony Harris on CNN, that light I brown. See. So anyway, that's why the chili peppers. It's a preservative, and they're used to it, and they like it. To preserve what? The the foods. Every culture has different ways of preserving things. Like Europeans would like, you know, smoke meat, salt uh, stuff. You know, like uh, make jerky out of things. Smoked meat, like That's in right. Montreal. Right. Oh my God, that is the worst excuse for pastrami. Smoked meat, my ass. Oh, that it is. Just horrendous. Don't ever go to Montreal, okay? I know you have a limited budget, limited amount of vacation time. Don't ever make the mistake. Of going to Montreal. They do have some very, very, very good restaurants, but you know what? So do a lot of other places where there are civilized people. 
where you might actually have a chance of having a good time? Aye. That ain't it. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's your take on the Pope? 753 votes. You seem to be stuck there. Maybe Eric's got his big foot on the big break. Let's go, Eric. Can't, you can't move off 753, I'm telling you. I, I've refreshed that thing about ten times now, and it's always, like I said, there's one. They're coming in by the ones, man. If we stay here till midnight, you might get to 900. All right. What's your take on the Pope? He's a Nazi bastard has moved to the top 180. Oh, my God. How disrespectful to the Holy Father. Nice outfit, 174. He never stole a freight train, 171. He's okay, 107. I hate him like poison, 58. He's a great holy man, 47. And I don't give a rat's ass about him, 17. You see that? Mm-hmm. If we didn't have those 17 on there, you'd be sucking wind, man. As it is, you still are, but nevertheless, not as much. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Ben Stein shows he's no Michael Moore. That's for damn sure. But this guy's crazier than I thought he was. Now, what did that story say on the other day? Is he a Scientologist or something? No, I don't think so. Did you oh, see the he, previews? Don't you remember yeah. that story I had last week? He's something that we can't say on the air. Oh, a-hole. They've been showing the previews for that all over the place now. If numbers are any indication, Ben Stein has shown he's no Michael Moore... Stein's expelled no intelligence, a lot of documentary which makes an argument for intelligent design over the theory of evolution, debuted at just number eight among the top ten grossing movies last week. The film made $1.2 million on Friday in 10, uh, 1052, 1052 theaters. By comparison, Michael Morsico raked in $23.9 million its opening weekend from just 441 theaters, and Fahrenheit 9-11 did $23.9 million from only 868 slots. I didn't know Michael Moore played the slots. Maybe he knows the quarter slot guy. Playing in 1,052 theaters, the picture distributed by Rocky Mountain's pictures earned $1.2 million Friday for what should be a $3.4 million weekend, wrote Nikki Finke's uh, Deadline Hollywood Daily. Nikki Finke. Is that Nikki Fink with an E? Nikki Finke. As in Winky Dink. Remember that? I told you about that sure. show with uh, Jack Berry, Winky Dink, and you, and you what, used to put right. that plastic screen on the TV. Uh, we uh, can't even say screen. that on the air anymore. Winky Dink? No. But the per screen average for Friday was a feeble $1,130. That's $3,000 ballyhooed on the Internet would be for the entire weekend. Showing there wasn't any pent-up demand for the film, despite an aggressive publicity campaign. So much for the conservative argument that people would flock to films not representing the agenda of liberal Hollywood. Right. Ben Stein. Oh. He makes the Pope seem like a cowboy, like a Boy Scout. On Friday, the New York Times' Jeanette Katsoulis called the movie one of the sleaziest documentaries to arrive at a very long time, a conspiracy theory rant masquerading as investigative inquiry. Expelled producers have also been accused of copyright violations. They're said not to have secured the rights for the use of John Lennon's Imagine and the killers. All these things I have done. Among the more popular flicks, The Forbidden Kingdom, the gently Jackie Chan synergy is set to score 21.1 million for the weekend. Number two is Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which netted 5.9 million on Friday. How can you forget Sarah Marshall when you don't have any idea who the hell she is? Right. Do you know Sarah? No, no. If you knew Sarah like I knew Sarah, if you knew Susie, that was Eddie Cantor 100 years ago. Boy, the fact that, the fact that I remember that means I'm too old. I know that song. Eddie and Ida Cantor. If you knew Susie like I knew. You do know that mm -hmm. song? Yeah. From what? I uh, like a lot of old music going all the way back to Yo, the Stone Age. You like that song? I, don't, I didn't say that. I said I know it. You said, I like a lot of old music. I like a lot of old music. I didn't say that was one of them. Well, I sure hope not. But I, uh, you know, have listened to it and continue to. 
If I knew Susie, you continue to listen to it. Yeah, over and over That's again. That's what George does in his spare time while he's uh-huh. smoking the Herald. Uh-huh. I don't touch the Herald. I don't touch the uh, obsolete media. Though they got a great website, though. Not. They got Barry Jackass on there. Great journalist. They got David J. Neal back to write the crap about hockey that he knows nothing about, just like he wrote before. Jacques Martin, baby, he's going to hire the new coach. He got fired as coach. Now he's still GM, though, so he can hire the new coach. Nice going there, Alan Cohen. I know his brother, Marty. Marty Cohen. Mm-hmm. Good friend. Another idiot. Just like Alan Cohen. Destroyed. Whatever, whatever chance there was to save that franchise. You butchered it, Alan. You destroyed it. Man, just unbelievable what these people do. But that's South Florida for you. know. At least it may not be good. It's just like that place, uh, the restaurant I keep forgetting the name of. What is it? In the Sawgrass? Come on, Chris. Grand Lux. Grand Lux Cafe. The what? The Monks Inn? Yeah. <laughs> the Grand Lux Cafe. So much promise, man. Good appetizers. I don't know about the desserts. I'm trying to think if we had dessert. I don't think so. I think after, after you have the entree, you're like, so you might want to you know, go out and barf. Give me the barf bag and let me out of here. Let me pay the check if there's actually going to be one. Mm-hmm. Disappointing. Great concept. Nice ambiance. Good service. Nice living and breathing crowd. But, mm. You don't know good food, Neil. We love the Cheesecake Factory. They give you that big 40-pound piece of cheesecake. Yeah, that's it. Size. All the size queens out there, man. That's what it's all about. And for obvious reasons, I've always resented that whole concept. 1155 mm-hmm. at 560 WQM. This is Dick Cheney. I like to relax by having Mary Magdalene massage my balls while listening to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. <laughs> we like raping. We like raping. We saunies like raping you. And what's nice is with the oil price rising. There's nothing you can do. We got away with the 9-11 attack. And you bring us in with our still-occupying Iraq. So we keep raping with very little complaining. We saw these keep raping you. We've been raping. Gouging and raving. Why not? You dumb, pathetic schnooze. It's amazing. The hell we're raising. And we're always off the moon. So keep on dreaming about alternative fuels. We'll keep on scheming. Today, advantage of you, we like raping. You're just a clang yang thing for the Arab Emirates of Dubai. Bye bye. Bye bye. It's 1201 at 560 WQAM. I got some very exciting news, man. Okay. I got a hot lunch date today. Okay. <laughs> you see, it's not exciting to you. Well, it depends on how hot the lunch is. No, well, yeah. <laughs> no, my lunch is going to be chicken parmesan, as Mr. Ego would say. Chicken parmesan. No peppercorn sauce, though. Maybe you should try it sometime. 
No, I don't think I want no peppercorn, peppercorn sauce on my chicken parmesan or the lasagna that comes with it. Which I, better take a bob. I better start getting with it, you know. That's right. I better start getting jiggy with it. Now, you know something, Chris? I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm going to lay down the gauntlet. Well, where did that expression come from, laying down the gauntlet? That's how I mean, they I used to challenge is, people to duels. You know, they used to uh, is that throw, what that is? throw a glove down. Yeah, gauntlet like, glove. Like Raymond Burr and uh, who was the other one? Aaron Burr. Raymond Burr. And Alexander Hamilton. And Al- very good. Alexander Hamilton was on the $20 bill. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, man, they used to wear so many layers of clothing. It's yeah, just, I know. God. And he, he, they had more vests on than that Ali Felching on CNN. 772 votes on that Pope poll. 776. They're coming in in chunks now. What do you think? About what? Your lunch? Life. Yeah, about my lunch. About my chicken parmesan. I think it sounds good. It is Especially good. Especially when it's really crispy. And, of course, I have to go and pick it up, but that's okay. I'm the oldest delivery boy in Toronto. I've told you that. No, you don't know that. Least, there might be some older ones. It's good exercise, though. See, of you're always bitching. Huh? It is. Of course it is. Even the walk, let me tell you this, as silly as it sounds when I drive on a weekend, even though Chris is chewing me out because he don't like exercise anyway, being the fat toad that he is. But even just the walk from the parking lot into the uh, main place, and then, of course, all the walking around inside, that's good exercise. Mm-hmm. For an old fart like me. Sure. Every little bit helps, as a matter of fact. doesn't have to keep going and take a leak. You know, I put my my jacket on the uh, back of the chair. Mm -hmm. I take my money wallet to make sure I don't leave it uh, there like a moron. And then I uh, hightail it off to the tea room, man. And it's safe there? What do you mean by that? You're afraid somebody's going to take your jacket off the chair? Why would they do that? To be bastards. There aren't as many bastards here per capita. I said, remember, it's not South Florida. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, there are some bastards here, but not quite. Actually, I, was, I remember one time I was playing my dollar wheel of fortune, and on the end machine in the back, there are like uh, five machines in the back, as opposed to the row of 14 of them up in the front. And I'm playing the middle machine, and on the end, some some guy, I think a uh, light-complected black guy, or maybe he was like uh, whatever he was, he got 200 on the line. So he's got 200 credits in there, and he walks away... And this guy comes and starts playing the machine. Yeah. That's got 200 credits on it. Uh-huh. And then the guy cashed out. You see? Because now you know that we've got the tickets, you know. Right. Ticket, ticket, ticket. Has anybody ever explained to you what that crap is? No. You're just supposed to go along. Just play along. Oh, no. Why, why don't you ask somebody? Why don't you ask that moron Clarence? What, what is that? Uh, no. What is the business? No. Is that supposed no. to be funny? No. Maybe is it Chris supposed wants to be to cute? Is it supposed to be creative? Is it supposed to be another jab at Joel Feinberg who's not even there anymore? What, what is I, it? I've given up trying to make sense of what they do on the rest of the station a long time ago, and I've been much saner as a result. 777. WABC! Wow. Those are the days, baby. Every major market, even uh, media markets. Had personality DJs on the air, legendary personality, Scott Muni and uh, Dan Ingram and uh, Cousin Goosey and uh, all the others. Hello again, here's my best. Oh, God. <laughs> Herb Oscar, Osterd Anderson. And Carl DeSouza, WBZ, and Dave Maynard, and Jefferson K and all those people. Uh, WLS, Chicago, Larry Lujak. My God. You know something? That, that's one thing I need. In this DCS, I, I got it. Okay. WL, you got it on a cart there somewhere. The WLS jingles, those were great Pam's jingles. WLS, Bob Lasseter, Blabo worked there once upon a time when they became talk. Yeah. Seventy-one on your poll. 
Oh, yeah. More good music. WLS. Short and uh, snappy. 89 That's me, short and snappy. Oh, and speaking of that, last night, and I found it just by accident. It must have been my lucky day. That, that's what happens when you live a good, clean life. Yeah. On WGN, which I, I just never go to where those channels are, you know, on my cable. WPIX mm-hmm. in New York and W... Um, what's the one for Boston? Well, I forget what it is. Oh, was, you're asking but, me. Huh? WSBK. Come on, you better get with it, man. You're, you're so parochial. So anyway, WGN had two great shows back-to-back. The first one was 60 years of WGN and the Cubs, and the second one was 60 years of um, WGN on the air, all the different categories, you know, sports, news, etc. The clowns. They had that, what was that guy's name, the clown from uh, uh, Chicago? Bozo. Was it Bozo? The one with the uh, sideways red hair? Yeah, that's the guy. They showed him on air. And they also kept they kept plugging it, but I never saw anything on it. Ding Dong School with Francis Horwich. Remember Ding Dong School? No. No. I Way before your time. Ding Dong School at IOD. I was a child. What? Ding Dong School at IOD with Boy Gary. Remember Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? Uh-huh. Now, if I could tell you who sang that, boy, I'd really have some... I have no idea. The Munchkins Ding Dong, the Witch, from the Wizard of Oz. Who did? The Munchkins from The Wizard of Oz. No. Yes. No, I'm talking about the song, not, not, not in the movie. Like a, like a radio song? like that would Yeah, be really? a, a record, a record. You know, remember when they used to have records? Those, yeah. those vinyl things with the uh, grooves in them? No, uh-huh. really groovy. Have you got it? You're stalling for time. You haven't got it. That's, this is it. Ding dong, it just got stuck. What got stuck? My midget junk. Ding. Okay, get out of here with that. My midget junk. Oh, yeah, ram a ding dong. Where the hell did that expression ever came from, by the way? Even being the old fag that I am, I never heard that before Remember, in my life um, until like uh, these bit. My junk. Well, where, money, where is that? Money, food, well, sex, my junk? and sexual what? organs. There will always be new names for it. Like every day there's 20 new names for all of those things. Want to see my junk? Such if, what it looks if, like. If, if, if that's what you call it, if you call it junk, no, I don't want to see it. That's what it looks like. Does it really? Like junk? Yeah. Yeah. Like something you throw out? It grows like something, like something your body threw up. <laughs> like you try to lift a too heavy weight and your body well, blew a okay. hernia. I, I never said that sex had to look good to feel good, okay? It doesn't have to look good. It's better when it does, though. 70, well, that's the other person, of course, that mm-hmm. you're talking about. Yep. Not you. Yep. That, that's right. That's Ew. how you Ooh, junkie. We don't want to see your junk. Come on to Gulfstream Friday. George is going to have his junk. junk <laughs> That's right. I'm going to be airing it out. <laughs> that ought to get some uh, notoriety. Uh-huh. Slam yeah. dunk. Here comes the... Yeah, dunk your junk. <laughs> In the trunk. Bring George a cup of coffee and, uh, you know... Uh-huh. Especially if you're a your punk. Junk. All right. Cut the crap. <laughs> Skunk. What's your take on the Pope? Now, I, I started to challenge your Kristen, and I got all, I got all, all emotional and goosey uh-huh. when I realized I'm, I'm having a, uh, a guest for lunch today. I know you think I'm a silly old man, which of course I am. But you know, uh, well, when you're getting shut out from anything and everyone from the human race, you know, whatever, any man. kind of human contact becomes so sensational. I ain't Even if nothing. it's not positive human contact, you know what I mean? Yeah, I ain't saying nothing, ain't thinking nothing. Well, good. Seven eighty four. What's your take on the Pope? He's a Nazi bastard. One eighty five. I keep trying to get Chris to push it, man. If you really lean on it, you could make that thousand conceivably. It's very unlikely. 
Well, it's right at 2.0 for a thousand right now. So, if, if people want to be nice, they can do it. What? If these people want to be nice, they can do it. No, it's not if they want to be nice. If they want to like help put us over the top today, if they want to do something constructive for once in their lives, like Stevie Wonder would say, for once in your life, care enough to send your best, even if you're in South Florida. Yeah. And then, of course, we got a lot of people listening who are not in South Florida. Those people ought to be voting three, four, or five times. He's a Nazi bastard. For once in my life, Stevie. Yeah, hey, you Stevie, got it. look over here. Where? One eighty here. One eighty-five. Nice look outfit. One seventy-six. I can't hear it, so I'm not going to worry about right. where I talked it up. He never stole a freight train. One seventy-five. Papa, Poppy. He's okay. One eleven. I hate him like poison. Fifty-nine. He's a great holy man. Fifty-two. Six point six percent. Where's the other six? And don't give a rat's ass about him. Twenty-six. Seven eighty-four. Come on, people. Like Chris would say, let's goose that up there. Let's, let's get go. away. That's right. By 12.30, we need about 820 votes. Get the voting. 8.40. Set the sky's the limit. I mean, we got to have somebody out there listening for crying out loud. Of course it's not what it used to be, because nothing is like what it used to be. Radio isn't what it used to be. We live in a fascist, uh, repressive regime, baby. That's what we live in. We can't say crap. We can barely even take one anymore. We can barely even say Joyce, much less take one. Although I did take what, three or was it four? This is four. You said four. Holy cow, a four wow. bagger. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, seeing Rick Sanchez, they're flailing his arms and emoting with those college kids. They must have thought, this is, they put this guy on TV, he's a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the war in Iraq. Really mm-hmm. worth it in the first place. And he's waving his arms around like a madman, like he belongs in a, like Renfield on, on acid. Belongs in a straitjacket. Of course, those of us in South Florida who have the balls to tell it like it is, as opposed to Polly over there who kisses his ass. Oh, best of luck, Ricky Tiki. You're so great. Yeah, yeah Ricky Tiki is great, but that's Rick uh, Shaw. That's right. Not Ricky Tiki Sanchez. Mania, a blabbering fool, a blabbering, emoting. Blah, 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 blah. If they ever remake Dracula, man, he could play Renfield and Dracula. <laughs> Prices at the pump and upward. In some local areas, they've officially reached record highs this morning. And no question about it, it's really starting to take a financial toll on drivers. This must be serious. Cheap cost of fuel at the pump was divine. Come on, how's the beaver? Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, well, that's great. Smells nice, too. Now I can't afford it. It's really killing. Now we'll never be able to afford my lip injections. That's inhumane. I get heart failure. I can't believe my eyes. 
Because that way, that, no, listen to me. I know, because the, then we'll get the votes for sure. The next one, the first time we did it, it's, it's like a survey, ethnic survey. First time we did it, we had 2,000 and some odd votes. Oh, so you want to rack them up this time? 2,067. So, no, it's not a question of that. It's just a guarantee to put you over 1,000. Here's a nice fax from Doug, who says, just wanted to thank you for recommending the movie Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Oh! I watched it over the weekend. All I can say is, oh, my God. I went between laughing and crying and singing and dancing. Like Joey Carr, dining and dancing, and uh, I sure hope he's dead. Oh, that's terrible. You think he's dead, Joey Carr? You can't uh, do that because it won't be on there. He's right. too obscure. My kids thought I was crazy, but I didn't care. Keep up the great work, Neil. Love you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. One of the great movies of all time, I would say, Standing in the Shadows of Motown, especially if you're a Motown fan. You don't have to be. You just have but to be helps. like a music person. Right. Well, how can you be a music person and not be a Motown fan? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're like... Um, don't like Schwarzer music. I don't know. Although there's different kinds of black music. There's great music like Motown, and there's this rap crap that we got today, okay? I mean, this is one of the things that's wrong with the world. I mean, this is music. I don't want to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but most of it is crapola. Oh, there's Ali Felching is on again. Overwhelmingly, notwithstanding what socioeconomic status you are, people are concerned about something about money. They're concerned about their own retirement. They're concerned about something about money, all right, and that is they ain't got any. Like George and Chris, they ain't got any. They want it, they ain't got it. If I wanted to be really creative, I could crawl around on the floor or look over on the counter there and see if I could find my standing uh, in the shadows of Motown, but I, I don't, I don't yeah. want to. No need to. Why, you got it? Most of it. Yeah. I mean, what do you want? Any requests? How about Ben Harper would be good. Ooh. Man, he is... Him and... Uh, what's her name? What's her name? Osborne. Joan Osborne. Joan Osborne. Jesus, the two of them are so good that it's scary. Mm -hmm. I don't have the soundtrack in the computer. I'm not that crazy about Chaka Khan, or who was the other guy, that big fat guy that was on there? He's oh, right. Luther Vandross? No, not Luther Vandross. <laughs> oh, he's a big fat guy. Oh, he's not wrong. so fat anymore. Wrong fat guy. You gotta narrow oh, it down a little bit. What? You gotta narrow it down a little bit when you're talking about fat singers. 801 on your pull now. You see, we got a real shot here. 805. I'm gonna shoot. Of course, like I said, I'm gonna switch it now. So what's the big deal? It would have pr probably been more fun to do it the other way, wouldn't it? But like, like the Bush people say, oh, it's more fun cheating. That way, you're sure you're gonna win. Right? Right. More fun doing up and up, but when you cheat. Which one are you? Non-Hispanic white. How about old Jew fag? How's that sound on there? Okay, here comes our ethnic survey. And I'm printing out the final result of the first one on the Pope. The Pope who smokes dope. And who is revolting at best. And talks like an old lady with a, with a Yiddish accent. I wonder if the Pope went to a Seder over the weekend. I think he was in New York. A lot of three million Jews in New York. I wonder if anybody invited him. He went to a shul. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. The Pope went to Shirley and said a little prayer. Hey, sorry Hussein about all that here. collaborating with the Nazis. <laughs> Is that what they said? Isn't that what it's always all about? Shoddy Tawdry, a televised train wreck by Frank Rich. That's his column in the Times about that horrible debate last Wednesday night. And it's long. One thing I don't like right. to do is start, oh, it's, it's like uh, for, it goes on forever, four pages. How about if I just read as much as I can before the break. Okay. And then Schmidt can the rest of it. Well, you'll see it on our website tomorrow. Frank Rich, Shoddy, Shoddy, Tawdry, a televised trainer. Speaking of Tawdry, who was Suki Tawdry? Excuse remember, me? Remember that song, Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren? Yeah. Suki Tawdry, who was that? I don't know. 
Never heard of that. You never heard that? Lottie Linya and Suki Tadri. The crowd is turning on me, said Charles Gibson, the ABC anchor, when the audience jeered him in the final moments of Wednesday night's face-off between Swillery and Barack. I can't remember a debate in which the only memorable moment was the audience's heckling of a moderator. Then again, I can't remember a debate that became such an instant national gag, earning reviews more appropriate to a slasher movie like Prom Night than a civic event held in Philadelphia's National Constitution Center. Shoddy and despicable, said the Washington Post. The Boston Globe called it a tawdry affair, a televised train wreck, said the <laughs> Philadelphia Daily News. And those were the polite ones. Let's not even go to the blogosphere. Of course, Obama fans were angry because of the barrage of McCarthy-esque guilt by association charges against their candidate, portraying him as a fellow traveler of bomb-throwing, America-hating, flag-denigrating terrorists. The debate's co-moderator, George Stephanopoulos, second to no journalist in his first-hand knowledge of the Clinton White House, could have easily rectified the imbalance. All he had to do was draw on his expertise to ask similar questions about Bill Clinton's check-bearing business and foundation associates circling a potential new Clinton administration. He did not. But viewers of all political persuasions were fronted by the moderator's strategy to ask about the mortgage crisis, health care, the environment, torture, education, China policy, the pending GI Bill to aid veterans, or the war we're losing in Afghanistan. Those minutes were devoted not just to recycling the Reverend Jeremiah Wright, Bosnian sniper fire, and another lame question about a possible dream ticket, but to the unseemly number of intrusive commercials and network promos that prompted the jeering at the end. The trashiest ads often bump directly into an ABC announces peri uh, periodic recitations of quotations from the Constitution. Such defacing of American values is to be expected, I guess, from a network whose debate moderators refuse to wear flag pins. Ludicrous as the whole spectacle was, ABC wouldn't have been so widely pilloried had it not tapped into a larger national discontent with the news media fatuousness. The debate didn't happen in a vacuum. It was the culmination of the orgy of press hysteria over Mr. Obama's remarks about bitter small-town voters. For nearly a week, you couldn't change channels without hearing how Mr. Obama had destroyed his campaign with a single slip at a San Francisco fundraiser. By Wednesday night, the public was overdosing. Mr. Obama did sound condescending and unappealing trait that was even more naked than his irrelicable enough Hillary job many debates ago, but the overreaction to this latest gaffe backfired on the media more than it damaged him. For all the racket about Bittergate and breathless intimidations of imminent poll swings and superdelegate stampedes, the earth did not move. The polls hardly budged, and superdelegates continued to migrate mainly in Mr. Obama's direction. Thus did another overhyped 2008 storyline go embarrassingly bust like such predecessors as the death of John McCain's campaign and the organizational and financial inevitability of the Clinton political machine against a rookie senator from Illinois. Not the least of the reasons that the Beltway has gotten so much wrong this year is that it believes that 2008 is still 1998, 1988. It sees the country in its own image, static, instead of as a dynamic society whose culture and demographics are changing by the day. In this one-size-fits-all analysis, Mr. Obama must be the new Dukakis, sure to be rejected by white guys, easily manipulated by Lee Atwater-style campaigns, exploiting race and class. But some voters who lived through 1988 have changed, and quite a few others are dead. In 2008, they're supplanted in part by an energized African-American electorate and the young voters of all economic strata who fueled the Obama movement that many pundits didn't take seriously before Iowa. And that some still don't. Cook, uh, Kooky Roberts of ABC predicted in February that young voters probably won't show up in November because they never had before and they'll be tired. <laughs> they'll be tired. Yeah, we're tired of you, Kooky, you old bitch. However out of touch Mr. Obama is with ordinary Americans, many Americans, ordinary and not, have concluded that the talking heads blathering about blue-collar men, religion, guns, and those incomprehensible YouTube young people are even more condescending and out of touch. When a Washington doyen like Mary Madeline, freighted with jewelry, starts railing about elitists on Meet the Press, as she did last Sunday, it's pure farce. And I'm going to sneeze any second. Hey. hey. 
Well, it's typical of the syndrome that the man who plays a raging populist on CNN, Lou Dobbs, dismissed Mr. Obama last week by saying, we don't need another Ivy League-educated knucklehead. Mr. Dobbs must know where he speaks since he's Harvard 67. The most revealing moment in Wednesday's debate was a striking example of this media populist discontent. In Mr. Gibson's only passionate query of the night, he tried to strong-arm both Democrats into foregoing any increases in the capital gains tax. The capital gains tax, that's just the part the Americans are focusing on as they lose their houses and jobs and as gas prices reach four bucks a gallon. A subject that merited only a brief mention, lightning round of final questions. I'm going to sneeze again. Mm-hmm. And this... Yeah. <laughs> In a debate that took place on the same day that we learned that the top 50 hedge fund managers made a total of $29 billion in 2007, some of them by betting against the mortgage market. At least Mr. Gibson is consistent. In the ABC debate in January, he operated Mrs. Clinton by suggesting that a typical New Hampshire family of two professors with a joint income in the $200,000 category would be unjustly penalized by her plan to roll back the Bush tax cuts for the wealthiest Americans. He seemed oblivious not merely to typical academic salaries, but to the fact that his hypothetical household would be among America's wealthiest. Only 3.4% earn more. And it goes on. It'll be on our website tomorrow. But I don't want to step all over the break. And I do want to blow my nose. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Absolutely. Yeah. What kind of day? Come collected with the best chance of getting elected. Married 16 years and never cheated. What candidate cannot be defeated with your help? I know she can win. So vote for Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton. She's got the guts to stand by her man. If she can't do it, no one can. She's blonde and a lawyer too. Just think of all the laws she'll push through. Get out that ballot right in. For Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton Her mate's a dolker, if that's true But he ain't the nothing that Bush hasn't tried on you The other candidates are fine on TV But not half as fine as Hillary But early, but often For Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton Think of the great political wives of history Who outshine their husbands just like Hillary Amelda, Cleopatra, and Eva Perone But next to Hillary Clinton they're all outshone, but early, but often. For Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton, H-I-L-L-A-R-Y. Hillary, Hillary, she's our guy. From the great state of Arkansas, she looks like she got off the set of L.A. law. And that's totally cool by me. So vote for Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Not. Yee-hoo, oh, hee-haw, girl. baby, hee-haw. Where's those clucking chickens, baby, and those uh, ducks in a row? You said clucking chickens? Clucking, yeah. Oh, okay. So here's the new poll up there, which we did uh, years ago. And when we did it years ago, we had a ton of votes. And I, I See, the audience is gone, man. Once they're gone. Yeah. Which one are you? Non-Hispanic white, 32. We've got 41 votes on the new poll. Are you keeping track of the totals now, uh-huh. Chris? Yep. Got 846. That means you only need 154 to go to get to 1,000 total. Cuban, four. Four. Other, two. In other words, other, anything that's not listed on here. Puerto right. Rican, one. Haitian, one. African American, one. None yet for Brazilian, Native American, other Asian, other Hispanic, Japanese, Chinese, Colombian, Mexican, Nicaraguan, or Jamaican. None. Out of the first 41 votes. Interestingly, the first time we did this, it was poll number 81, so it's years ago. Uh, or at least one of the first times, I don't know. Maybe we've done it more than once, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 86 Brazilian. They were like third place. 
behind non-Hispanic, white, and Cuban. There are 86 Brazilians. So far, Brazilians, we got oh. none. Wow. Brazil, Brazil. Maybe they're all watching soccer or something like that. See, if you just talk about soccer more, you know, instead of ripping it. I beg your pardon? Maybe that's the problem. You've been ripping soccer for so long. Screw soccer, okay? It sucks. <laughs> it blows. I, see, one thing about me, I don't pander, okay? Just like the thing with the Pope and the thing with Swillery. Oh, Neil's ripping Swillery. Well, too bad. Yeah, they're going to suspend you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then I can quit and go over to that other place for about 150 bucks a week. Oh, my God. That network that nobody ever heard of before? Mm-hmm. So I can say, <laughs> like that. Real shrill with a real heavy New York accent. With a real Jewy New York accent like that. And then the media can rave about me. Oh, my God, he's just a freaking genius, and he is, uh, yeah. That'll be the day when they start calling me genius. Now, let's take a look at how that thing is shaping up. Well, they didn't know the new poll was on there. We got any Brazilian? We got one. We got one out of the first 64 votes. We got any Chinese? No. Japanese? One. No Chinese. Oh, my God, how I love the Chinese. So you said The beautiful young Chinese I like the uh, Japanese better person. No, you're wrong. Maybe for women. But, well, what did you think I was talking about? Well, I mean, I, I'm just, we're just talking in general. Right. We're not talking about who you're going to be banging tonight. Oh, you're now, not? If he said, I like, why would he be wrong? <laughs> yeah, he said he likes uh, Japanese guys better than Chinese guys. Yeah, that's right. That's what I said. Yeah. He said they help him uh, turn Japanese. 64 votes on the poll. Boy, I'll tell you, this is sad. We're going to see what happens by tomorrow. Then we'll find out if the audience... 73. Now they're starting to come in in chunks. Native American, no engines. That's your fault. Why is that my fault? Because everybody knows that you're a... Engine killer. Uh, not me. Well, that was Defoe. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm getting confused. You look so much like him. The one thing about him... Well, so many things about him. They used yeah. to bug the hell out of me. But in the morning, I'd come in, and once in a while, he'd be out there tomorrow. He'd be like... Rifling through his wallet, like maybe to tip the Howie's guy or something. Oh, hey, give him that. Most of these other like guys don't. Would you listen to me? Like right. 75 different paychecks from 75 different jobs. And it, the sum good. total of all of them wasn't squat, you know. Well, but, good for him, though. Well, he was a real go-getter, man. He had to work 100 different That's jobs right. to eke out a living for him and uh, the ex-wife. I mean, now, did they ever get back together again? I'm probably I, I, I don't know. I'm very out of touch. That was kind of an explosive relationship, you know. So I heard. She was pretty, um, pretty, she was pretty pretty. And then all of a sudden she woke up one day, I guess, and looked at him and thought, oh, my God. 82 votes on, on our survey. It's not a poll even. So there ought to be about 14,000 by the time we get out here at 2 o'clock. Or Chris and I are going to be really pissed off. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Let's get with it. Well, a lot of people are working now. They don't have time to. Or, or even if they're at work, they can, you know. Be corporate time-stealing weasels, like Mad Dog always says, and I wish he'd stop saying it. Or they can uh, break into some, like, Best Buy or something like that and use somebody else's Ooh. computer, and if they like it really a lot, they can just take it home with them. That's right. NeilRogers.com, that's where you chime in on our uh, polls every day. It's very important to us. Anybody believe that? No. Well, it's a lie, but... Tuesday is crunch time for Hillary Clinton. One of the worst expressions that I hate, like poison, it's crunch time. Yeah, crunch this. Pennsylvanians are set to vote in the Keystone State's crucial primary, a contest that could save or doom her campaign. Many observers believe Swillery has to do decisively well in Pennsylvania to keep party insiders from backing Barack Obama and pushing her to drop out. Now, wait till you hear this. Clinton needs blowout numbers, says Peter Fain, a Democratic consultant who isn't affiliated with either campaign. According to the AP tally, Obama leads Clinton in the delegate count 1414 to 1250. 
at stake in Pennsylvania, 158 delegates. A McClatchy survey released yesterday, which I told you before, shows her leading 48 to 43, 5%. Fighting to pad her lead, Clinton Sunday ripped into her opponent for acting like a Republican. It's no wonder my opponent's been so negative these last two days of the campaign, she told a packed gym in Bethlehem, pointing to a health care ad from his campaign that she said opposes universal coverage. The last thing we need is to have somebody spending as much money as he has downgrading universal health care, she said. That's what the Republicans do. Her campaign also launched a TV ad accusing Obama of taking cash from lobbyists and corporations in spite of his pitch that he's not beholden to special interests. She's running ads now suggesting otherwise, Obama said in writing in this campaign, I haven't taken their money and nobody can dispute that. The campaign has spiraled deeper, spiraled deeper and deeper into the mud ever since Obama said that small-town Americans cling to guns and religion out of economic bitterness, which, of course, may be true, but you just can't tell people the truth, especially in Pennsylvania, especially in small towns, small-town hicks. At the time, Obama was gaining on Clinton in Pennsylvania, building a double-digit lead in national polls, which has since collapsed, according to this, although there was one national poll, Newsweek, that showed him over the weekend 19 points ahead of her nationwide. Did you see that? Yep. The Clinton campaign pounded the issue, <coughs> issue relentlessly and tossed out a few more lines of attack recently, including Obama's association with that former member of the Weather Underground, which, by the way, Mayor Daley says that uh, he happens to be an upstanding guy, and they, uh, et cetera, and so on. That was 80 years ago, 140 years ago. She saw a hole, and she's tried to drive through it, said Clay Richards of the Quinnipiac Polling Institute, who added that the back and forth has gotten Obama off his message and game plan. Meanwhile, John McCain's led, well, I already told you about how much money they raised. Uh, you know, a few million here, a few million there, big deal. Anybody in their right mind that's going to spend, raise millions and millions and millions of dollars of other people's money, especially when they're spending their own money like uh, Mitt Romney was doing, remember that? That worked out pretty good, didn't it? Yep. Not. People with gigantic, massive egos and gigantic, massive hairdos like Mitt Romney. What a schmuck. And they're talking about him as a possible running mate for McCain. Sure. Wouldn't that be great? Then we can all wear magic underwear. 100 votes on your new poll. See the way that, that spiked you up there? Now you're at 905. You're in, I think. Urine. Urine. Remember the urine lady? Yeah, I do. Which one are you? Non-Hispanic, white, 73. Cuban, 12. Other, 6. Brazilian, 2. Puerto Rican, 2. How did we do on Puerto Ricans the first time? 42. Well, I was out of a lot of votes, you know. First time, we had 2% of the audience was Puerto Rican. 8.6% was Cuban. Now it's 11.7. We up to 12 Cubans. Good. The living and breathing Cubans. Not the old communista, communista. Not that crowd. Not the one-dimensional domino playing people in Domino Park. Well, speaking they're of dominoes. Radio Mambi, what? They're falling. They're dropping like dominoes. They're getting to be that age. Well, no comment. Native American one. We got an engine. Other Hispanic one. Japanese one. Colombian one. Haitian one. African American one. Other Asian none. As in, like, uh, Tibet. Tibetia? Yeah. Chechen? Chinese, none. None! First time we had 68 Chinese, 3.2% of the audience. The Chinese have abandoned us. Mexican, none. Well, I got all my Mexicans here. Uh, Nicaraguan, none. And Jamaican, none, mine. Right. Biggest names. The best talent. George, 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 I was worried I wasn't going to make it. Really? Yeah, I was pinned down by sniper fire. Oh, good. 
you know, you're not feminine enough. Well, that's very uh, possible. You also walk like a man. Well... You first started with testosterone, and then you made the decision to have your breasts removed. That's, uh, that's obvious. Now uh, let's get to the penis part. <laughs> Did you have, like, a penis implant? Yes, and I still have the scars. Do you, like, grow testicles, too? I have 2002. Wow. <laughs> Bye, everybody. I told you she's got the big uh, pair, several of them. At 1246, 14 to 1 at 560 WQAM. Which one are you? we got 133 votes. That gives us 938. And Chris thinks that's pretty great. See why I uh, fill this around? 39. Mm-hmm. 39 what? We have 806 on the previous. Which one are you? Chris was looking for a-hole, but he couldn't find it on the list. We can yeah, well, you know. No, we don't want to add it. Non-Hispanic white, 93. That's uh, almost 70%. Now, the first time we've done this, I keep saying the first time, I wish Eric would find me the date. This is pool 81. Eric, if he's listening, he's probably eaten several lunches. Wouldn't it be kind of interesting to find out? Changing demos. Changing audience, mm-hmm. baby. I remember when we had one. Wow. Who are, they're, they're much older. They're not young people, but they're coming out and they're getting out there. We'll have to see if that happens. Women for Hillary Clinton, you know. Uh, what? Season mature yeah, women. That. Are set- he is, he's so spastic, man. He must be uh, hanging out with Richard Quest. More spastic than in Miami by far. Are the people at CNN watching this clown on there? We were talking about Bozo before. Everybody yeah. loves a clown. That's what Gary Lewis said back when he was speaking. Which one are you? Non-Hispanic, white, 93. Cuban, 14, 10.5%. Other seven. We didn't have other on it the first time. Puerto Rican, three. Three Ricans. Jamaican, three. Brazilian, two. Native American, two. We got two engines, man. Other Hispanic, two. Chinese. We got a pair of Chinese. All right. It ended on May 31st, 2000. Well, what does that mean? In other words, it was probably a weekend poll? Must have been. To get over 2,000 votes. Are you kidding? Are you schmitting me? Am I right? Yeah. So this is like eight years ago we did this poll. Pretty interesting to see how the audience has, dis- I mean, uh, grown. African American, two. Japanese, one. Colombian, one. Haitian, one. Other Asian, none. Mexicans, none. Nicaraguan, none. How many Nicaraguans did we have before? 22. 1%. Now we got no percent. But it'll build, man. It'll build. It'll grow. It'll become, uh, and maybe we'll leave it on there all week for like for the next month. Like right. that will be easy. Pool. Like that oh, burger yeah. pool. I checked it uh, this morning just to make Woody feel good. Uh, Footy, Footsie, whatever his name is. Tootsie. And guess what pool he's taking today? Hamburgers. Where can you find the best burger in South Florida? May 31st, 2000 was a Wednesday. Really? Yep. And that's when it ended? Yep. So this was a one-day survey eight years ago, back when we had this gigantic audience here on QAM. And now, oh, my God, now, wow, we're going to struggle to get, like, uh, who knows how many. What evil lurks. Am I right, George? We were yep. talking about it before the show. Mm-hmm. We know. We know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Don't blame us. Oh, but, Neil, it's not like it used to be. Well, you know something, life ain't like, like yeah, it used to be. That ain't our fault either. Gas ain't 39 cents a gallon anymore either. We, we didn't self-censor ourselves, okay? Right. Everything that was, was amusing, everything that was entertaining, everything that was like had people peeing in their pants, that's all gone. And you know what they say, once it's gone, forget yeah. it. You got the FCC on one hand, you got that bitch Joyce on the other hand. 
You got Jolly Joe in between, who's just, you know, like Bozo. Ho, ho, ho! You know, he's good humor man. And I wouldn't say he's a tough negotiator because he doesn't negotiate. He just makes, like, you'll find out when you sit, have your sit down with him if it happens. Yeah. He doesn't negotiate. He just makes you an ultimatum. Okay. Here's what it is. Now, come back to me with a counteroffer, and then you come back, and he'll say, well, that was the outside limits of what we can possibly do. That was it. That's it. And you'll say, yeah, but I'm... Mm-hmm. And he'll look at you like, don't even finish the sentence. I don't, I don't want to get you depressed. I'm just, I'm just preparing you. Okay. Now, maybe, I'll, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he likes you so much that he wants to give you a humongous raise. Maybe he appreciates <laughs> the fact that you're going to be... Very soon, by the way, it's almost the end of April. My God. And then the middle of June is when we start. I better start giving you all those vacation times. Yeah, you should. All right. Well, I haven't figured them out yet. What? Eric says, we may have let it run for a few days. The previous poll ended on the 26th of Friday. So we let it run for a few days? That's what he says you may have. Or did you, like, disappear for a couple days that day and there was no polls or something, you know? I don't think so. Unless I was on vacation that week and George was screwing off, you know. That would never happen. What did George all, All the, the time. Pole? Are you kidding me? No, I, I probably let it run for a few days. Uh, we've done that once in not very yes. often, not for a few months. Like, what's your favorite burger in South Florida? What's your favorite booger, footsie, with that red nose? Can you imagine the snot that's in that red nose? Oh my God! You think it's food on his upper lip, but it's not. One forty-nine. You got? We got any? Uh, oh, we're starting to fill in the categories. We got a Colombian. We got a Japanese. No Mexicans and no Nicaraguans. Well, that's all the because all the Mexicans are here now. Yeah, you important them? I beg your pardon. You important them? I'm going to tell Lou Dobbs you're doing no, a public service. I'm not reporting. I'm supporting. Ah. yeah, Lou Dobbs, that fat-faced fart. By the way, that's your big hero. He is such a phony man. He is so full of crap. Fat-faced phony. That's all he knows about. Oh, the destruction of the middle class and the illegal aliens. Oh, blah, 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 you know. God. Oh, and speaking of that, I'm gonna we're gonna start spreading some money around. Too bad I wasn't smoking; I'd probably be dead, because I'd probably get a piece of this settlement. Tens of thousands of ill Florida smokers and families of those who died are lining up for a share of a six hundred million dollar fund created by major tobacco companies as part of a fourteen year old lawsuit against cigarette manufacturers. The Florida Supreme Court in two thousand six threw out a massive. $145 billion damage award in the case, but the tobacco companies had previously set up the fund to be paid out, even if the appeal failed. Last week, a Miami judge ordered the money divided equally among all Florida smokers who became ill before November 21st, 96. It applies to people across the state of Florida, said Attorney Bob Kelly, who added Monday his firm will represent about 1,000 smokers or family members. The total number of people who could qualify is estimated between 10 and 50,000. George is a heavy smoker. Yep. Don't you want your piece of the action? Yes, I do. Piece of pie. A notice dated Friday from Circuit Judge David C. Miller, not to be confused with the outstanding harness driver at the Meadowlands, Dave Miller, or Andy Miller, sets a registration deadline of June 16th for the Angle Trust Fund, named for Miami Beach pediatrician Howard Angle, who led the original group that filed the lawsuit in 94. Applications can be mailed or filed via the Internet. will be available later this week at www.angletrustfund.com. People who seek damages must submit proof of illnesses such as cancer, emphysema, and heart disease that are linked to cigarette smoking. Some of the people involved in the case from the beginning are unhappy that Miller decided to distribute the money equally rather than focusing on the original class. 
Greg Dizer, a 55-year-old Hollywood man suffering from emphysema and other ailments, said he was initially told he might get as much as $28 million. Now it'll be just a fraction of that. It's like winning the lottery. You think you won $25 million, and after taxes and uh, uh, all that other crap, you get about $0.50. Cent. It just seems wrong. It's getting way off track, Dizer said. It's not supposed to be opening up the floodgates. Well, maybe if he wouldn't have smoked so much, he wouldn't have emphysema. What do you think, Greg? Yeah. I don't want to sound insensitive. You know, I hope Greg gets himself a couple million dollars. Maybe he'll send half to me then. And I'll give you guys each a few bucks. Well, George, anyway. Chris, I don't know. Please. Please what? Please, couple? Mr. Postman? Yeah. <laughs> the husband and wife attorneys who filed the original lawsuit, Stanley and Susan Rosenblatt, <laughs> did not immediately return a telephone call today seeking comment. Miller also ordered last week the Rosenblatt's to be paid $218 million out of the Tobacco Trust Fund, which is estimated more than $800 million. Well, I sure like those Rosenblatt's, you know what? Stan and Sue, my good personal friends, maybe they like this show. Maybe they're going to send me $20, $30 million. I'd send you guys a check. All right. A few cents. About 30 man. That's it. When it tossed out the original damage award, the state Supreme Court upheld the jury's findings that the tobacco company sold dangerous products and hid the danger of the smoking. No kidding. Just like the people that manufacture all those products loaded with sugar. They're doing the same thing, but nobody does anything about that. They're killing me. But, of course, nobody forced me to have that rich dessert at Morton's the other night. But you just have to. You know, hot desserts. Mm. After a really hot meal. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what really capped it off. The steak was sensational, but those, those um, sautéed onions and sliced sautéed mushrooms. That is just to die for. Sounds good. Tobacco company officials said they would vigorously defend themselves against the individual lawsuits. They also questioned whether uh, people would be able to prove that misleading statements in cigarette advertising were a key factor in their decision to smoke. You bet. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. You betcha. I was always hoping to meet up with the Marlboro man. Not not my type. The defendant companies were Philip Morris. Call for Philip Morris. Remember Johnny? No, you don't. No. He was a little guy with a cap. He would say, call for Philip Morris. That's back when we had cigarette advertising. That was, those were the days. R.J. Reynolds Tobacco uh, Company, Brown & Williamson, Lorillard, and the Liggett Group, part of Liggett Vector Brands. Liggett. Inc. Liggett. Ticket. Liggett. So did they come in and explain that to you? What that no, ticket, no. Ticket I ain't going to ask sure the explanation. Wants Look, to know. They don't have a good answer for any of the things they do on this radio station. You think well, I'm going to start see. with that? Well, other, at least they're consistent, though, because it's really stupid, and it, uh, you know, it makes it no sense. It fits right in. Yes. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Just the 1-2 to two hour. It's a phenomenon! Well, I was shopping at the store for some food. Buying groceries never felt so good. Too bad I didn't know my credit was waxed. Store security was breached and their database got hacked. C-R-A-P, that spells me. My credit is crap.com, baby. I'm as screwed as I can be. Thought about killing myself, maybe. Now instead of eating good and getting fat, my identity was stolen and now my life is just crap. C-R-A-P, that spells me. My credit is crap.com, baby. Crap. Crap, crap. 101 at 560. The reason I said that several times is because we still can. For now. You know why? Why? Because you didn't ask. Oh, that's right. Don't ask, and then they won't tell. She won't tell you no. Don't talk to that bitch. I'm telling you right now. Don't. Hey, Joyce, can we say crap? Ah, oh, no, you run. Can't do that. It's excretory activity. It's uh, something, you know. She'll come up with some far-fetched garbage. Like Far- she always far-fetched does. Far-fetched garbage? Yeah. 184 on your survey. What do you got? 989? Uh, uh, 990? 990. What did I tell you? You are the poll god. 
I'm the poll expert, man. My whole uh, adult life I've been surveying polls. Really? You waited till you got to be an adult? Yeah, about 30. Very sad. Although when I was in high school, we used to, you know, I keep telling you this, we used to have to swim naked in the pool. Uh, you know? I know. What a bunch of pervert, pedophile faggots those teachers and principals were. Well, I don't know. The administrators of that school. My gym teacher seemed like a pretty macho guy. Uh-huh. I'll bet. Yeah. Of course, what did I know from macho back I then? I bet he was very macho. <laughs> very manly and into manly things. His name was Frank Frantel, I do believe. I think mm -hmm. that was his name. Not Alice Rantel, Frank Frantel. He was the coach. Uh-huh. And we used to have to swim. Well, he wasn't the one that made those decisions. I mean, it was Whoever like school it was. policy. Whoever it was. Well, some queen. Right. Who wanted all the kids to, you know, swim naked and see each some other's Some pedophile. Probably some like Catholic. That. What? Probably some Catholic priest. I didn't go to no Catholic school, okay, mister? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that there weren't Catholics in there, you know? Not if we could help it. John McCain cupped a fist and began pumping it up and down alongside of his body. It was a gesture familiar to a participant in the closed-door meeting of the Senate committee who hoped that it merely signals, as it sometimes had in the past, McCain's mounting frustration with one of his colleagues. But when McCain leaned toward, leaned toward Charles Grassley and slowly said, My friend, it seemed clear that ugliness was looming. Mm. While the plural my friends was usually a warm salutation for McCain, my friend was often a prelude to his most caustic attacks. Grassley, an Iowa Republican with a reputation as an unwavering legislator, calmly held his ground. McCain became angrier, his fist pumping even faster. It was early 92, and the occasion was in an informal gathering of a select committee investigating lingering issues about the Vietnam War prisoners and those missing in action, most notably whether any American servicemen were still being held by the Vietnamese. It's unclear precisely what issues set off McCain on that day, but at some point he mocked Grassley to his face and used a profanity to describe him. Grassley stood and, according to two participants at the meeting, told McCain, I don't have to take this. I think you should apologize. McCain refused to apologize and stood to face Grassley. There was some shouting and shoving between them, but no punches because the spectator, who said that Nebraska Democrat Bob Kerry helped break up the altercation, the situation. Grassley said recently it was a very long period of time before he and McCain even spoke to each other again, though he declined through a spokesman to discuss the specifics of the incident. Uh, and they have to do with investment. Number one, investment in infrastructure. You know, when you think about Racks in Pennsylvania, man. There's your next president. Since the beginning of McCain's public life, the many witnesses to his temper have had strikingly different reactions to it. Some depict McCain, now the presumptive... Why do they keep saying that? Some depict him as an erratic hothead and capable of staying cool in the face of what he views as either disloyalty to him or rational opposition to his ideas. Others praise a firebrand who is resolute against the forces of greed and gutlessness. Does he get angry? Yes, said Senator Jew Lieberman a Connecticut independent who's tied to McCain's hip. But it's never been enough to blur his judgment. If anything, his passionate occasional outbursts of anger have made it more effective. Jew Lieberman be saying. I wonder if Jew Lieberman had a disease in Pesach. Former Senator Bob Smith, New Hampshire, a Republican, expresses worries about McCain. His temper would place this country at risk in international affairs, and the world perhaps in danger, he said, in my mind, it should disqualify him. A spokesman for McCain's campaign said he'd be unavailable, unavailable for an interview on the subject of his temper, but over, he's pretty pissed off about it. But over the years, no one's written more intimately about McCain's outburst than McCain himself. My temper has often been both a matter of public speculation and personal concern, he wrote in a 2002 memoir.
I have a temper, to state the obvious, which I've tried to control with varying degrees of success because it doesn't always serve my interest or the public's, he'd be saying. That temper has followed him throughout his life, McCain acknowledges. He recalls in his writings how as a toddler he sometimes held his breath and fainted during moments of fury. Like Howard Beale, I guess. You think? Good point. Like he I... held his breath and passed out. I was mad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Oh! And you're supposed to play the guy on the floor. Oh, sorry. As the son of a naval officer who was on his way to becoming a four-star admiral, McCain found himself frequently uprooted and enrolled in new schools where, as an underappreciated outsider, he developed a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, he recalled earlier this month. During a campaign stop at Episcopal High School in Alexandria, the most famous graduate of the class of 54 opened a window on what swirled him inside during his school years. Wouldn't you like to be the most famous graduate of your high school like I am? That's pretty cool. Isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a real feather in my crap. I was always the new kid and was accustomed to proving myself quickly at each new school as someone not to be challenged lightly, he told students. As a young man, I would respond aggressively and sometimes irresponsible to anyone who uh, perceived to have a question of my sense of honor and self-respect. Those resp- uh, responses often got me in a fair amount of trouble earlier in life, he said. He defied authority, ridiculed other students, sometimes fought. The nicknames hung him in at Episcopal, mocked his hair trigger, feistiness, punk, and McNasty. Hoping to emulate his father and grandfather, also an admiral, he went on to the Naval Academy, where his pattern of unruliness and defiance continued, landing him near the bottom of his class. I acted like a jerk, he wrote, of the period before he righted himself to become a naval aviator, a Vietnam POW, and eventually a career politician. I acted like a jerk, and he's still doing it. And there's Ali Felching again with that stupid vest on. Might be an inflection point. It might be a... The trajectory of his temper studied even more intently as his White House ambitions took shape includes incidents from his years in the House and Senate leading up to the early days of his current presidential campaign. In 2007, during a heated closed-door discussion with Senate colleagues about the contentious immigration issue, he angrily shouted a profanity at fellow Republican John Cornyn of Texas, an incident that quickly found its way into the headlines. Reports recently surfaced of Representative Rick Renzi, an Arizona Republican, taking offense with McCain when McCain called him boy once too often during a 2006 meeting, a story that McCain aides confirmed while playing down its importance. Renzi flared and he was prickly, McCain's strategist Mark Salter said, but there were, uh, were no punches or things like that. And it goes on at great length. Enough with him and his uh, temper. He's a, he's a crazy person. And I would assume that probably most crazy people have a hair-trigger uh, temper, right. do you think? Among other things. That's what it means to be crazy. You don't have to make any sense at all. That's him. That's insane McCain, McBush. How are we doing on Chris's survey here? I bet you we got over a 1,000 votes all told. Yes, we do. That's what I've been told. And we do. It's only 108. And we got 200 on the new survey. It's only a survey. That's uh, 1,006. And you doubted me. You doubted that we could ever do it? Well, I had to cheat a little bit, but what's wrong with that? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's right. Which are you? Non-Hispanic, white, 140. 70%. Now, the first time back in March of two, uh, what was it, May of 2000, eight years ago, 64.6% of the audience was white, non-Hispanic white. Cuban, 18, 9%. It was 8.6. That's gone up a little bit. Other, 10. Jamaican, 5 mon. 5 Jamaicans. African American, 5. Native American, 3. We got 3 Indians. Other Hispanic, three. Colombian, three. Rican, three. Haitian, three. Brazilian, two. Other Asian, two. Chinese, two. Japanese, only one. Mexican and Nicaraguan, both none. Both have the big... Oh! I wonder why that is. 
I don't know. How come we don't have any Mexicans? They're too busy. Wake up the I don't know about that. Maybe because what's your name is not here anymore. Isabel de Casada to say Nicaragua, Nicaragua, like that. Nicaragua. Remember those days? No. I do. Used to really frost everybody in the audience, even people from Nicaragua. Just speak uh, English, okay? You're on an English-speaking news station, you silly-ass bitch. Isabel de Casada. God. I'll tell you one thing. That whole bilingualism thing works really, really, really well. <laughs> Just check out Dade County. Check out the Montreal. It works sensational, man. Nothing like it. Am I right? Yes. Yep. National average on leaded gasoline in San Francisco, 397. Chicago, 372. In Miami... Oh, no, Atlanta, 349. They don't have Miami. Who cares about Miami? Almost four bucks now for unloaded regular in San Francisco. And you know why? Because so many people there are. Yay. That's right. That's Bandar Bush and uh, uh, W's way of getting even with the fags who don't support him. You do know that. I do know. That's what that's all about. How's our governor doing, by the way? Is he still? Yay. I guess so. Still in the closet? Come on, Charlie. Come out whenever you want. It's good enough for Mark Foley. Now, you know for sure that one of these days, somebody, one of his boyfriends from over the years is going to start spilling the beans. Surprised it hasn't happened already. Yeah, oh, they, it will. Especially since now they keep talking about him being possible running mate for Insane McCain. Wouldn't that be something to have a uh, Gay. closet candidate? Of course, you got Swillery. Mm-hmm. At, least she, at least you know she and Bubba did it at least once. Because they got sure Chelsea. They got that bizarre-looking thing. I mean, isn't she bizarre? She is. Strange. And I'm sure that if, you know, with all the money that they've got, that $109 million bucks, I'm sure they could probably take her uh, to some hairdresser where she could get a nice do and, you know, doll herself up a little bit, look, look a little bit human maybe. That's what I'm always being told. You know, come on, try to look a little human. In my case, not easy, but I'm trying. Maybe in her case, impossible, you think? You can only do so much, you know? Yeah, I know. And, of course, the Carters. Now, who? Oh, Amy Carter. Right. She was another troglodyte. Yes. Now, I'm on, I want to just check because it's got this thing about the attacks in Nigeria pushing up the oil prices over 117 bucks a barrel. That was earlier. That was in the beginning of the show. Oh, the loony is 99.44. And thank God they moved it before I saw the euro. And, by the way, for my listener out there who's been asking me about Berlin, I promised him I would, I would try to do some research and homework for him. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the euro is like a buck sixty. How are you going to get? What, what kind of value are you going to get going over there? Unless he's got tons of money, which I don't think he does. Did you snort? No, I didn't snort. I had my glasses oh, okay. on the microphone, right. which I never do that. But well, I'm trying to look at the uh, TV. Oh, one fifteen seventy three cent, hundred fifteen dollar and seventy three cent. What a bargain! Roll out the barrel. Let's buy a whole bunch of it before two o'clock, before the show ends. Don't forget, George will be at Gulfstream this Friday again from ten to two. And the Derby, is that this Friday or the next Friday? This Friday. When I was saying before that it's in honor of the Derby being the following Saturday, well, right. it'll be like a, uh, I don't know. Oh, wait, i got to double check on that. Lisa said this Friday, but he might have been confused. I think I might be wrong. I think it's next Friday. I think it's next the Friday. The day before Derby Day. But whatever, que sera, sera. That Doris Day, could she sing or no. could she belt out a tune? No. Que sera. Now, what movie was that from? An Alfred Hitchcock movie. Was it? Yes. Nudes to me. Doris Day and um, Cary Grant. Was it North by Northwest? I don't know. Look it up. Google it. 
113 at QM, the Kentucky Derby. What a sports most anticipated events take place a week from Saturday. Saturday, May 3rd, and there's no better place to experience all the action than Gulfstream Park, the nation's premier watch and wager facility. As an added bonus to local fans, Big Brown, winner of Gulfstream's Florida Derby, will be running in the race. Don't miss a chance to root him on while sipping on a traditional mint julep. And while the big race is the big story, there's a full day of activities planned at Gulfstream with something rare for everybody. All day they're giving away great prizes like laptop computers, GPS system, digital cameras, and lots more. And for the ultimate thrill seekers, they'll have on display the world's most exotic powerboats. It's horsepower meets horsepower. Plus, only Gulfstream Park features Vegas-style slots, a no-limit poker room, and the latest video poker games, and fabulous dining at Ten Palms or Christine Lee's. Don't miss the Kentucky Derby, May 3rd at Gulfstream Park. Admission and self-parking are free. Call 954-454-7000 or go online to gulfstreampark.com. Gulfstream Park on Federal Highway in Hallandale. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Neil? God? Just a reminder for our radio listeners that the end of the world is going to come next Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. And the Department of Health has requested homeowners to unplug all electrical appliances, turn off radios and TV sets, and disconnect gas stoves and furnaces. The post office recommends that you mail early in the day. And for those with automobiles, alternate side of the street parking will be suspended. That's the end of the world next Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Mark it down. Norma Camp. Mr. Camp, uh, this is Clear Channel. Uh, we're prepared to offer you... Let's see, uh, there's my Mickey Mantle rookie card. Norma Camp. Hello, Mr. Camp. This is XM. Uh, we're looking for an anchor show for our network. Uh, would you... Uh... Where's my Ed Crane pool? There it is. Norma Camp. Hello, Mr. Camp. This is Mel Thomas. If only I could find my Marv Groneberry. Oh, Norma Camp. Joe Bell here. Hi, Joe. Oh, just calling to let you know an agreement for more of the same of nothing to go nowhere is still underway. Ho, 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 ho! Okay, uh, ooh. What? I found my shoeless Joe Jackson card with the uh, ringtone. La, 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 la. I'm pretty cheesed off, I'll tell you that we have no Mexicans and no Nicaraguans on our survey. Huh. They must be busy. What? They must be busy. Busy doing what? Each working. Other? Working? Yeah. Mexicans working? You know it. I don't know any that don't. Sure. Do you? Chris? I don't think I know many Mexicans. All the ones I know work. Like Remember the spots I did for Exotico over the weekend on the beach? Yes. Well, in the Herald it says, Porn Pastor Brings Jesus to Exotica. And it's written by Andres Americaner. Really? What kind of a name is that besides fake? Andres Americaner? Ispin Americaner? It was business as usual at the porn convention, it says. The loudest orgasm competition blared over loudspeakers. A cowgirl engaged in a fierce battle with a mechanical bull. A paunchy man craned his neck to catch the exposed backside of a scantily clad star. Rectum. That's right. And then there was Jesus. Thousands of attendees attended this weekend's exotic in Miami Beach, the largest adult entertainment event on the East Coast, would go home to find deep inside their goodie bag a sizable chunk of the New Testament under the title, Jesus Loves Porn Stars. How do you like that? All this courtesy right. of Craig Gross, a 32-year-old former youth pastor in Southern California, who had set up his booth for his first XXX Church, 
which he started six years ago to fight back against rampant Internet pornography use, deep inside the belly of the beast. Gross and his crew of volunteers, all women in their late teens, early 20s, were passing out deceptively packaged Bibles to attendees. There was no preaching or judging, only smiles and friendly conversation. It was a little light in a dark room, said Gross, standing next to a pile of 4,000 Bibles he planned to give away over the weekend. I feel like we're planting lots of seeds. Oh, yeah, those religionists, they sure like planting the seed. Sure. Like the Muslims, for example. My God. Gross, who is known to some as the porn pastor, is as unconventional in his appearance as his methods. Piercing green eyes, jutting cheekbones, they old stubble, and straight dark hair that cascades over his forehead. He wears tattered jeans and a T-shirt, has black studs on both his ears, and sports a heart-shaped tattoo on his right forearm. These days, aside from attending conversations, he's been to about 20, he said. He tours colleges, staging debates with adult mega entertainment megastar Ron Jeremy. <laughs> How do you like that? Staging debates with adult entertainment megastar Ron Jeremy. <laughs> he has two children, ages five and two, and his wife travels with him, handing out Bibles with the rest of the volunteers. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> what a sex pot. It's like a, hum- a fat human furball mm-hmm. is what you are, Ronnie. How come he don't help uh, Al Goldstein out? I don't know. I mean, he's a big, he's a megastar is what it said there, and you see him on TV, all these stupid shows now. He's everywhere. He fancies himself as a real celebrity. And because he's double-jointed, I guess the TV producers agree, you know. Sunday morning at 10.30, well, let's see, this is, that was yesterday. As a way of explaining his work, Gross brings up the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus? Whatever. A crooked tax collector who climbs out to a tree to see Jesus when he comes into town. Jesus calls him down and invites himself to spend the night in Zacchaeus' home. That sort of involvement is what Gross aspires to, and that's exactly where traditional religion has let him down. I wonder what Jesus and Zacchaeus were doing. They've never gotten on the field, said Gross, who was ordained in the non-denominational Eastside Christian Church in Fullerton, California. Shouldn't we go where the problem's at? He's never gotten kicked out of a convention. In fact, he, in the span of half an hour, he was invited to bring his group to a Pitbull concert next week and go to a swing fest, a swinger party in Dell Expo, taking place in Hollywood starting July 31. You hear that? A swinger party in Hollywood July 31, George. I'll see if anybody wants to go with me. And certainly not your wife. At Miami's convention, his neighbors, maybe uh, uh, Bob Green will go with you. Maybe. Or Jolly Joe Bell. Maybe you can negotiate your deal there. <laughs> It'll give me an edge. At Miami's convention, his neighbors included a booth pawning penis-themed pillows on one side and the mechanical bull on the other, surrounded by a gaggle of men, mouths agape, snapping photos. They saw those penis-themed pillows, and their mouths were agape. Yeah, yeah. Rick Blood, a Brazilian visiting his first convention, was walking briskly down the aisle when one of Gross's volunteers placed the book in his hand. Blunt smiled awkwardly, leafed through the pages, and asked what it was all about. I think it's a good idea, Blonde said before heading off to the next attraction. It's good to hear everybody's point of view. Right. The relationship with convention goers is cordial, never strained. That in part thanks to his crew of volunteers like 19-year-old Kristen Iovino, a petite college freshman from Weston with blonde hair, blue eyes, and one big advantage, she's lost her ability to blush, she said. I'm used to all kind of questions, she said. She ended up more than 200 books in a few hours. It was her first time at a convention. She learned of Gross's group when she was 14, she said. They were speaking about things and addressing issues that the church wasn't addressing. I knew that people had issues with pornography. Being in college, it definitely shows up really quick. Gross knows that handing out some Bible passages is unlikely to change anything on a large scale, but he hopes to pique people's curiosity. His site, 
TripleXChurch.com already gets a half a million visitors a month. Almost half of them end up there by mistake trying to find actual porno. Well, what would you expect on right. TripleXChurch.com? Sucks huh? them in that way. By the way, and of course, yes. The Man Who Knew Too Much is the movie that you were talking about, Alfred Hitchcock. Hey, Sir I told you. With who? Doris Day. And? James Stewart. Oh, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Available on the site is what he touts as a practical way to cure pornography addiction, a program that sends out notices to an accountability partner anytime that computer visits an adult site. Like short term, I get the draw of porn, Gross said. I get why people look at this. What worries him, though, is the larger effect. Pornography has gone mainstream, as evidenced by the teeth-whitening booths at the Miami Convention Center and the smiling, curious couples enjoying an unusual night out. It's not like a bunch of sick perverts anymore, he said. I don't see this going away. And back in the booth he went, book in his hand, his arms outstretched toward the crowd. I don't know what he was reaching for, but his arms were stretched out. Well, when in doubt, stretch him out. How you doing on your pull there, Mr. Chris? Doing fantastic. Oh, we already got a thousand, so we're all good. Two forty-seven. So in other words, you don't care anymore. You've lost your interest. We, we got, got two fifteen eight hundred six. So it's uh, ten fifty-six. Uh, no, it's one twenty-six. Oh, okay. Maybe George will buy a really good watch. You know, like a citizen, like the one I got. This. I got a fossil. It's cool. You got a what? Fossil. What is that? It's what he's calling you. No, I would never do that to your face. Yeah, you would. Behind my back. I know a lot of people talk behind my back. Which one are you? Non-Hispanic white. <laughs> 172. We got 250 votes. 172. Cuban, 23. Other, 11. Other, Hispanic, 8. African American, 7. Jamaican, 5, Mon. Native American, 4. Puerto Rican, 4. Haitian, 4. Colombian. Oh, look at this. Everybody's accounted for now. Oh, I feel so much better. Colombian, 3. Brazilian, 2. Other Asian, 2. Chinese, one, 2. Japanese one, Mexican one, and Nicaraguan one. Thank God. Nicaraguan. Biggest names. The best talent. Probably the best talent. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Believe it. All right. Obama tried to put me down. Talking about my nomination. But now he knows I'll stick around. Talking about my Super d- d- delegate Talking about my nomination If he thinks I will, he must be not Talking about my nomination This is my nomination This is my nomination, baby Barack wants me to f- f- fade away Talking about my nomination What else do you think his pastor will s- s- say? Talking about my nomination I'm not trying to cause a big altercation Talking about my Rhymes with litigation. Hmm. <laughs> 132 at QAM. You see what uh, newspaper this is from? The story you just faxed me from the pe- oh, Peninsula Clarion, oh, Alaska. Oh, careful, yeah. Pen- Peninsula. Would have been appropriate. Church youth leader arrested. Another one of these uh, isolated incidents. That's right. A 46-year-old Kenai man, this is Alaska, was arraigned in Kenai District Court on Saturday on three counts of secondary sexual assault on a minor. Richard J. Wagner, a Catholic church youth leader, uh, was arrested Friday by Kanai police following an investigation by the Alaska Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force looking into child pornography. 
According to an Alaska State Trooper press release, a Pennsylvania State Trooper conducted an undercover child pornography investigation in January that resulted in the discovery of a substantial amount of graphic child uh, pornographic movies, much of it male-on-male, on on a computer in Wagner Kanai's residence. Wagner's, whatever that is. Task Force members served a search warrant there Friday and seized multiple items, including at least 20 pornographic videos on the computer, according to Kanai Police Investigator Dave Ross, not the one who used to be a clear channel. The investigation also revealed Wagner allowed at least two boys to spend the night at his residence unsupervised, according to troopers. During police interviews, one of the boys told Kenai police of the alleged sexual abuse. He would have tea parties. We would sit at a table, and Mr. Wagner would hide under the table and remove our clothing. He would give the boy with the largest penis a homemade chocolate chip cookie, and then he would tell us that we were all winners in his eyes, and, <laughs> and eventually all the boys were to receive a cookie. Ross said the investigation is ongoing. Additional charges may result from work of the task force, which includes troopers, the FBI, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and the Anchorage Police. Following his arrest Friday, Wagner was taken to Wildwood Pretrial Facility. Bail is set at twenty grand. Appearance bond, twenty grand. Performance bond. He'll be required to have a court-approved third-party custodian if he's released. Well, another isolated incident. I wonder what the Pope thinks about that, huh? Probably sorry, didn't get invited to the party. Just to make them look bad, that's what it's all about. That's it. And to siphon a bunch of that money out of them. All that money that you fools put in a plate every Sunday. Oh, let's pass pass the a plate around and give the money for the Lord. The Lord needs the money. How can the Lord need the money? Couldn't the Lord, like, make his own printing press? If he made man and he made all right. the animals and everything else and the sky and the sun and the moon and the cockamoon, how come he can't make uh, his own money? He can make gold. I mean, if uh, Mayor Diaz's kid can do it, why can't the uh, Lord do it? That's right. For Christ's sakes. 276 on the poll. Which one are you? I'm not going to read the list. It's oh, we got Everybody's got one. Yep. At least. Mexicans and Nicaraguans, they're sucking wind, man. Not doing good. Japanese, two. Chinese, three. Brazilian, only two. How come the first time we've done this, the Brazilians, we had a Zinian Brazilian, 86. Eight years ago, and now we only we only got two so far. Of course, we got a long way to go. Where all where have all the Brazilians gone? Peter, Paul, and Mary want to know. I don't know. Where have all? Huh? I don't know. Maybe they went back. Maybe they got out. Maybe they couldn't take it no more in Florida. Barack Obama predicted Monday today that Democratic presidential rival Swillery would get the critical victory she needs in tomorrow's Pennsylvania primary. He said his goal is to keep it close. I'm not predicting a win, he told Pittsburgh radio station KDKA. I'm predicting it's going to be close and that we're going to do a lot better than people expect. KDKA, home of the Pirates for a thousand years, and Bob Prince and Jim Woods and Nellie King, home of Bob Kudzma, I believe. That was KDKA TV and Bill Curry. Remember Bill Curry with the silly bow ties used to the sports? No, you don't. Nope. Clinton aides tried to downplay expectations, insisting they'd be grateful for a single-digit win. While the New York senator began the race with a hefty 20-point lead in several polls in the state, Obama's extensive campaigning and heavy ad buy have significantly cut into Swillery's lead. She told supporters in Scranton, we really need to bear down these last few days. The whole world is watching. Lori London on Capitol Records. He's got the whole world in his hands. Remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. You got it. Don't play it. Okay. Okay. He's got the whole world. Lori London. Is that a boy or a girl? I don't know. I don't think Lori does either. Clinton was hoping a big win could boost her chance at the nomination. A loss would increase pressure on her to exit the race with Obama leading in delegates and a popular vote. The demographic suits Hillary. The state's got a higher median age. 
You know the only state in the country that's got older population than Pennsylvania? What's that? Us? Yeah. Florida. Florida. Old. Old. Even I'm a teenager in Florida. There have been some encouraging signs for Obama. Thousands of new voters are registered for the primary. The largest bounce has been in Center County, home to Penn State, and Obama tends to fare best among college students. We've run a tough race here in Pennsylvania, he said in the radio interview. Senator Clinton obviously was heavily favored. She was up 20. No, we've just been trying to chip away. Wheeler. Well, Jack Wheeler, he was on overnights at KDKA. You know something? A couple of times I called him on the air. I was working in Sarasota, WSBB, and I called. I would come in real early in the morning because I was doing a morning show. Mm-hmm. And Jack Wheeler would be on there at KDK, which of course you can hear uh, if the you no know, if the wind's blowing in the right direction at night. But they're fifty thousand watts, and I'd call and be on Jack Wheeler's show on the phone. I guess you're not impressed. Uh, medium impressed. Well, it's pretty. I think I did the same thing with Larry Glick a couple of times too. And now he's a greeter at some uh, deli somewhere, at some restaurant. Poor Larry. Can't even afford to operate to run his lemonade stands anymore. I'd rather Larry be an eater than a greeter. I beg your pardon? Yeah, I'd rather be a eater than a greeter, too. But, now, isn't Mo also a greeter? Was there a rumor about that he was a greeter at some restaurant? At some, uh... There was a rumor. I'd like to be a greeter at that uh, kosher deli place. What is it called? The famous? The one in Aventura that we were raving about that everybody was getting. They got Kishki, baby. They got all, all kinds of good stuff. Remember that day? Yep. And it was on a Thursday was when we had one of our needle deals on, and somebody was getting all bent out of shape because I was promoting someone. But it was, it's a deli, you know. The other restaurant was like uh, uh, some, who knows, seafood. Am I right? Yes. Steak place. Or something. Italian. Uh, it was a downtowner. Yeah. Well, yeah, what does Very that got to do with, what does that got to do? Well, that's right. Went down there a couple, uh, a week ago. And got a freebie? No, I uh, used my certificate. Talked to the guys. It's right on the water. Great place, great food. Yeah. Where'd you get the certificate? Um, I think I got it from here. <laughs> hey, listen, more power to you, man. Make sure that George gives you as many of those as possible, because if anybody needs to eat for free, although, like I said, being a big cow like you are, quit giving them those certificates. Hey, how else am I going to eat otherwise? That's now, right. this is marginally interesting, okay, in this poll, because you know how I'm with statistics and with numbers. When you're mailing it in, you've got to use a lot of numbers. Eight years ago, when we did this poll before, which one are you? 64.6% were non-Hispanic white. Now it's 68.2%. Up a little bit, up three and a half points. Do we have the same breakdown, though? I know you said you changed some things around. The only, the only additional thing on is on there is other. Okay. 10.1% of this group is a Cuban, 8.6% back eight years ago. How do you like that? I hate that's good. That's a good sign. We need we need you Cubans out there living and breathing ones. The ones that are running around screaming, Comunista, Comunista, you know. And I'm sure that all my comments about the Pope went over very big in Domino Park. Comunista, Maricón, Comunista. My queen. God. Time now for today's Radio Wanted. Hello, this is Don Vito Corleone. You know, my family is currently looking for a qualified applicant to write the next hit in the popular Godfather movie franchise. The right man for the job will be a family man because uh, a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. We offer a competitive salary and benefits like uh, total protection. 
on a health plan so you don't get sick and, God forbid, sleep with the fishes. You'll also be required to pass a drug test because this narcotics business is going to destroy us someday. So drop your manuscript and resume in the mail and uh, we like your work. We'll make you an offer you can't refuse. And then, either your signature or your brains will be on the contract. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'd like to get back to my daughter's wedding. Call Vito Corleone today, because no Sicilian can refuse any request on his daughter's wedding day. O'Neal, my queen, God. Yeah, that's uh, so good, that one. Make sure you heard the whole right. thing. Well, it was in queue, and I was no, like, I uh, blowing my nose, you know, and all of a sudden, I reached right. over and I had the button, and it was in queue. So I missed the first time. Happens to all of us. Well, that's the way it goes. Nobody's perfect, even me. 145 at QAM. 297. I told you we're going to go over 1300. 13, uh, what, what is it? 1100. You counting there, Fatso, or what? Uh huh. We've already got over 1100. Yep. 1103. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to be really sick tomorrow. That's not good. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm getting a bad cold or if this is allergies. Everybody's you know, got a lot of allergies. When the seasons change, yep, and all of sure a is. Really, I wouldn't say it's hot, but relatively speaking, for here it's hot this time of the year. A lot of know? allergy activity going on. Yeah. Like elm and oak and... Uh, All of these things. Well, it's 19 at 66. It's going to be 70 today, 73 tomorrow, 72 on Wednesday, and 68 Thursday. And sunny and no rain, just beautiful. My God. Unbelievable. Maybe later on, like this evening, be a good day to hop in at Pontiac and tool on off to uh, Woodland. See if I can lose a couple thousand. So Chris can say, oh, gee, are you going there just to give away your money, Neil? Uh, you can send it to me instead. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, you would. That's what no. you're thinking. No. You're thinking, wouldn't money. you rather send the money to me and to George and give it away to those grave robbers at Woodbine? No. Whatever. It's my money, baby. It's my entertainment. And believe me, at this stage of my life, there ain't too much of that. Do it. Hustle here with Nicky Royal. Nicky Royal begins side 21 victory. The race at Philadelphia Park. What a horseball racetrack that is. My God. Never been there, though. Maybe it's a great racetrack. I'm sure. I was at Libertyville. I told you that. Not there anymore. Now, that would be a good poll. What's your favorite racetrack that doesn't exist anymore? Rockingham Park? Harness? Yep. Narragansett? Lincoln Downs? Suffolk Downs? With the uh, harness racing? Eddie Cobb? Alex Winger? What is he talking about? I don't know. I'm just making noise, making sounds with my mouth. 147 at 560 WQM. we got the jerk show. is still out today at 2 o'clock. Boy, that screws up all your arrangements. Not mine. Because George was going to do a couple hours himself between 2 and 4. <laughs> no, you were anticipating, you know. I was? I bet you were. What are you talking about? You're the one that kept coming up with dates for the uh, demise of that show. Oh, but oh, yeah, I but they're not they... going to replace it with anything anybody's going to want to listen to. Oh, I forgot. David Barstow in the New York Times, this, this is enough to really frost your ass. Behind TV analyst Pentagon's hidden hand. In the summer of 2005, the Bush administration confronted a fresh wave of criticism over Guantanamo Bay. The detention center had just been branded the gulag of our times by Amnesty International. There were new allegations of abuse from U.N. human rights experts and calls were mounting for its closure. The administration's communication experts responded swiftly. Early one Friday morning, they put a group of retired military officers on one of the jets normally used by Dick Cheney and flew them to Cuba for a carefully orchestrated tour of Guantanamo. 
to the public, these men are members of a familiar fraternity presented tens of thousands of times on TV and radio as military analysts whose long service has equipped them to give authoritative and unfettered judgments about the most pressing issues of the post-9-11 world. Hidden behind the appearance of objectivity, though, is the Pentagon information apparatus that is used as analysts in the campaign to generate favorable news coverage of the administration's wartime performance and examination by the New York Times has found. Be shown. The effort which began with the build-up to the Iraq war continues to this day as sought to exploit ideological and military allegiances and also a powerful financial dynamic. Most of the analysts have ties to military contractors vested in the very war policies they're asked to assess on the air. Those business relationships are hardly ever disclosed to the viewers and sometimes not even to the networks themselves, but collectively the men on the plane and several dozen other military analysts represent more than 150 military contractors, either as lobbyists, senior executives, board members, or consultants. The companies include defensive heavyweights, but also scores of smaller companies, all part of a vast assemblage of contractors scrambling for hundreds of billions in military business generated by the administration's war on terror. It is a furious competition, one in which inside information and easy access to senior officials are highly prized. Records and interviews show how the Bush administration has used its control over access and information in an effort to transform the analyst into kind of a media Trojan horse, an instrument intended to shape terrorism coverage from inside the major TV and radio networks. Analysts have been wooed in hundreds of private briefings with senior military leaders, including officials with significant influence over contracting and budget matters records show they've been taken on tours of Iraq and given access to classified intelligence. They've been briefed by officials from the White House, State Department and Justice Department, including Mr. Cheney, Alberto Vio 5 Gonzalez, and Stephen J. Hadley. In turn, members of this group have echoed administration talking points, sometimes even when they suspected the information was false or inflated. Some analysts acknowledge they suppressed doubts because they feared jeopardizing their access. A few expressed regret for participating in what they regard as an effort to dupe the American public with propaganda dressed up as independent military analysis. It was them saying, we need to stick our hands up your back and move your mouth for you, Robert S. Balavacqua, a retired Green Beret and former Fox News analyst said. Keith Allard, former NBC military analyst who has taught information warfare at the National Defense University, said the campaign amounted to a sophisticated information operation. This was a coherent, active policy, he said. As conditions in Iraq deteriorated, Mr. Allard recalled, he saw a yawning gap between what analysts were told in private briefings and what subsequent inquiries and books later revealed. Night and day, Mr. Allard said, I felt we'd been hosed. They got hosed. How do you like that? The hose knows. Not that the media would ever, like, distort what's going on in the world or, you know, be used as a bunch of... Of course not. No. No. Boy. I think I'm going to be real sick tomorrow. Hey, it all do depends. It. All depends if I feel like working or not. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that because then Jolly Joel come in. Oh, where's Neil today? What's going on? Is he off on another one of those busman's mm-hmm. holidays? I'll, ma- I'll make something up. What? I'll make I'll something up. Say you're in rehab. It's just a little sniffle. That's all it is. A little sniffle. <laughs> mm. Maybe I can have some deli. That'll really that'll really sure. gouge up my throat. Is matzo ball soup, uh, what's matzo balls got to it's do with chicken it? chicken soup, isn't it? No, that's good for a clearing out right. that's what I'm oh, saying. No. That'll clear you out, when in doubt. And then mm-hmm. there's a sound effect I used to be able to drop in there. Here's the survey so far, 307. That's 1113, I believe. Is that? Am I right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Chris? Yes. Huh? Which one are you? Non-Hispanic white, 213. Cuban, 29. Other, 11. Other, what, what can other be like... Uh, Chechen? Well, you didn't put any of the Middle Easterners on there, like, you know, Arabs and Jews. Oh, yeah. What do you mean Jews? Well, where do you Jews come from? Hispanic white. 
the Jews. What about the Arabs? Your, what about them? Your brethren. You your brothers. On there? What would you put on there? Middle Eastern. Sure. African Americans, nine. Other Hispanic, eight. Jamaican, six. Native American, five. Puerto Rican, five. Colombian, four. Haitian, four. Other Asian, three. Chinese, three. Brazilian, two. Japanese, two. Mexican, two. And Nicaraguan, solamente uno. And what's the other one we're putting on there? Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern. And well, I might as well already put on there, like, uh, from out of this world. Space Cadet. <laughs> Biggest name. The best talent.